0: Locked Talk
1: Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take
0: me to the volcano.
1: It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quickly. Quick. No.
2: Seriously.
0: Maybe
1: bed, bath, and beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? <laughs>
2: And Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 140, 40, 140 tonight, coming to you live from Comac, New York, Bayside, New York, and Freehold, New Jersey. It's the Ready to Unload radio show and podcast. It's Tuesday night. It's 9.30 p.m. It's May the 14th. It's time for Ready to Unload. Nice. We're going to talk New York sports. We have, oh man, oh doctor. Have we got a lot tonight? Uh, the Bishop Pop Culture PJ is back with us. We missed him last Friday night. He was in some sort of pre-communion ritual for his kid or I don't know, something. Uh, so he's he was probably getting the cold cut platter together. Nice. Got to have a nice cold cut platter for the communion. You know. Uh, so he's back. Uh, the Mets. Oh, just a gift that keeps on giving. So much to talk about. Uh, with them and the disaster that they have quickly become. Also, the Islanders ousted from the playoffs. The Rangers moving on in the playoffs with a huge Game Seven win. We're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, overall, in the big unload, it's basically going to be Cal having his his uh, Finchian moment. His uh, I'm mad as hell. I can't take it anymore. And then I'll talk him off the ledge. This is what we do. This is we do it once a year, but basically once a once a sporting season. It's like a Christmas episode, basically. So this hopefully this one will be like uh, the one where everybody forgets to get gifts for everybody. And they have to go to a convenience store and get <laughs> gifts. Um, so uh, we're going to do all that. And also we're going to talk about the Yankees who are rolling along. The Knicks are playing right now. The Knicks are playing right now. So uh, they're in the uh, in game uh, pivotal game four. Oh, it's over. That game's over. I'm being told uh, that that game's over. So – I buff the that's, Gulenix. That's it. That's it. But, but we will talk about it. So let's get right to it. That's an a, Italian curse, by the way. It's a huge Italian curse. A lot of people know it, too. It's not like I, disgu- not like I said, like, dunufacirugats or something like that. Like, I didn't disguise it well at all. Hey! Thank you. PJ's clearly back. Um, I just started doing the Tarantella, by the way just uh, just absolute any time that music comes on i stand up and i begin doing the tarantella uh, now i'm winded okay let's bring him in the co-host of the program kel the the yin to my yang he is just back from an engagement in madison wisconsin no i have that wrong i'm sorry that was he was in portland wisconsin very confused I thought he had a great gig. I thought, oh, wow, you're playing Portland. That's a hip town. You're going to do really well there. No. He was in Portland, Wisconsin, playing at a club called Punch and John Line. Punch and John Line. It's not a, it's not a good club. Cal, hi. Welcome. Cal, Neva Calpino, Caliente. Hi, bud. Hi, Steve. Hi. Hey. How is that club? Punch. Uh, it's punch. Loose. In parentheses. And John Line. Right. Punch Line. Get it?
3: Punch Line.
2: See what I did? Yes. Is that a loose? Is that, Was that a loose show? Oof. Yeah. Did you do the bit about the dog and the uh, cigar? They do not like that bit. <laughs>
3: that, that plays well it. in both Portland, Oregon and Portland, Maine. <laughs> but not, but not, not, yeah. nope. not in the middle. Not in the middle. Can't do it. Lesson learned. How are
2: how are you? I love that bit, by the way. The dog and the cigar bit. I don't know how it happened. The, the the great thing is it's real. It depends on where you are. Yeah. You can always
3: alter it. It could be like the cat and the cigar.
2: Did you do a ton of stuff about cheese? No.
3: Odd. You would. Well, think? last time I was there, they said no more no more <laughs> with the cheese. Enough. Right. We it's get little,
2: it. It's a little hacky. We know. To go to Wisconsin, Wisconsin. and do all your cheese stuff.
3: What is this, Amateur Hour?
2: But well, you have that 15-minute bit on Camembert.
3: Well, it de- again, depends on the crowd.
2: That you do in French-Canadian. Well, you <laughs> see... <laughs> <laughs> Welcome
3: uh, back. It feels like
2: we were just here. We were just here. Oh, that's why, then.
3: Three days ago. This is... This is... We've, we've set a record tonight. This is the shortest span of time between shows... Shortest turnaround. ...in our, our three and a half years of doing the show. Wow.
2: Yeah. and and you would think there would be nothing to talk about. We're going to
3: go two hours. There's but no that, doubt. That will be the answer to the Foxwoods trivia question. <laughs> so be sure you're paying attention later. I tell you, you can get a T-shirt. That's when we when we give that out. It's about all we got for you, t shirts right. We got T-shirts.
2: Uh, Twitter uh, is SanPeteRTU, at SanPeteRTU, or at bcalrtu. And if you tweet the Foxwoods, by the way, Foxwoods has no affiliation with this program. No,
3: we should stress that. No, they don't.
2: I am I am the fox in the woods. Maybe I am. What is that? That's not a casino. That's another bit. Oh, the fox in the woods bit. The
3: fox in the woods. The the dog in the cigar. The fox in the
2: woods. You know what's great about the fox in the woods bit, Cal? Banana in the in the tailpipe. Banana in the tailpipe. The monkey in the wrench. The the fly in the ointment. The, what, the, what, th- that's filthy, that bit. It is, I know. I mean, Don Rickles blushing, filthy. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. That's not the bit you do at the, the Thanksgiving dinner, though.
3: They like it in the north. <laughs> the northern part of the country. They, they seem to go for it. Anywhere else? Yeah. You get looks.
2: Yeah. Well, you keep working on that routine. You're going to be a big star.
3: But anyway, we're here.
2: Yes, we are, and we have we have a, a ton to talk
3: about. And I'm warmed up. It's amazing how how much has happened in the last three days. We were on last we we spoke on Friday. The Islanders were still in the playoffs. <laughs> right. Oh. The, Met, the Mets had not become the joke they became in the last three days, and you had been exclusive to this podcast.
2: That's right. That's Right. Just tonight yeah just tonight i uh i was a guest on another podcast. How did it go? I was a guest on john presser who we had we had John on here
3: to you talk they, about uh the jets right yeah they call that uh quid pro quo yeah. in the business <laughs> that's two weeks in a row. you
2: got quid pro quo in well by that's the way. what you call it I, you, know. I think you just like just seeing me try to say <laughs> i didn't even i didn't I even struggle, to, with I I should.
3: struggle with it I didn't struggle with it. I didn't even have to shoehorn that one in tonight. That that worked well. We did a little crossover action for sure. Sweeps.
2: It's May Sweeps. It's May Sweeps.
3: We did a little I was uh <laughs> I was like
2: Lenny and Squiggy being on, you know, Happy Days or something. <laughs> I mean we definitely did some
3: crossover action. It's like the cast of ER on Friends. Remember That's that it. one? That's it. <laughs> right. That really happened. I know. It's crazy. Clooney and Noah Wiley, right?
2: Right. Noah Wiley. Why it is Wiley. Wiley. What happened to that guy? <sighs> Haven't seen him. I'm defined
3: though. Yeah. I did see his, someone that looked like him in Portland, Montana.
2: <laughs> that was
3: the fourth Portland that I was it in. It
2: could have it could have been him.
3: It might have been. Is the thing. Was he do? was he was he opening for you? Was he middling he was, for you? Well he was dressed as a doctor. <laughs>
2: he was middling for you. His <laughs>
3: whole act is being is being the doctor from ER. But not funny. Not, There's nothing funny no. about it. It's very dead intense. Serious. Right, dead serious.
2: It's like the vagina monologue. He's just—he's dead serious out there. Yeah, I did another podcast. It was great. So we well. did John Presser's uh, press coverage. It's called, and it's a Jet podcast. It's on Blog Talk Radio. You can check it out. And um, of course, he's at uh, Mets Jets Nets eighty eight
3: on Twitter. And uh, Cal, it was—it was a blast. It was really cool. I don't want to take away from from his show. <laughs> But, maybe as a little teaser, so people could, could tune into his show to hear right. what you had to talk about, what was the first question about the Jets that you were asked? It was about uh,
2: just impressions of G- Well, for, first he let me talk about the show, which was great. Well, no, we don't care about that. I want to know what... <laughs> <'Cause> <laughs> I mentioned we- you. You got a very favorable mention.
3: That's fine. Listen, I don't test well. It's fine. <laughs> does, I that, wanna- does that RTU show host itself? I want to know what was the, what was, what did he ask you about the Jets so that was, people that are listening could then get a taste of it and then go over there and listen to some more?
2: It was Geno uh, Smith because they had been talking about, they they go real in depth there. They're like into the free agency pickups and the draft and they're breaking down positional stuff. They're not, they're very bread and butter over there, very good.
3: And not the bread and butter on your sandwich that we talk about here. That's right. Yeah, we're not we're, we're we're a little more of the, the
2: spicy, we're the we're the Gouldens we're the spicy brown. Yeah, we're a little different. But they they're the meat in the sandwich. Right. We're like the, we're the like the parsley brown. on the side. We're, the not, gar- the pars- we're not the garnish. A, we're not a garnish. We're not a, no, I uh they asked me about Gino Smith and just we got of course I talked about the media. I I was able to get that in. Don't worry. <laughs> but no, we, we we went into some in depth stuff. It was it was actually really good. We talked a little bit about Geno Smith and the wind at the Meadowlands, and how Mark Sanchez dealt with that, and who's going to win the quarterback competition. Um, or you know, one of those guys, one of their guys on there is a huge Garrard guy. Huge. Well, he's he's a, he's a, a Geno guy, but he's a huge Garrard guy. Interesting. Yeah. So they were great. It was it was a lot of fun.
3: Good. What and what is that? podcast again for everybody to check out
2: called uh press coverage and, and it's on a let me let me let me get you the exact here yeah okay. we want to
3: we want to direct people over we there do. This huge crossover event we do <laughs> we really do no it was it was
2: great i i really enjoyed it. let's bring pj in here real quick so you guys continue to make can continue to make fun of me as PJ. you were doing yeah remember him we missed him We have music for him and everything.
3: There it is. I still love the idea of him playing himself in. (laughs) (laughs) He's just walking in, playing this.
2: (laughs) Playing this song. I don't even think we've talked to him since Linder tried to steal this song from him. (laughs) And when we had Linder on the live show from Blue Haven, I played this song for Linder and Linder said, yep, that's my song. Then he challenged the bishop to a to a Pink Floyd off. Like I don't long,
0: know. Wins. I don't know what that is. I don't I know don't, know
2: what, nobody what, nobody knows that? what that is. What what do we do? What do we do? <laughs> we Pj, <laughs> welcome welcome back. I, you guys, I, I fully want you guys to continue to make fun of me. That was that was fun. I enjoyed that. Look,
3: there's nothing to make fun of.
2: You no. have some fun at my expense, is what you're saying. No?
3: every every, every show. Look, has you didn't a break out in <laughs> You're like you're like uh Leonardo DiCaprio on Growing Pains. Wow.
2: wow. You're just you're way you're way over the top now. How's that? Way over the top.
3: Right? Way over the top. No good? No. It's called <laughs> uh David L. Lander on Laverne and Shirley. <laughs> Hello.
1: <laughs> we uh He was on Twin Peaks. He sure was. Uh no, you guys
2: were you guys were talking about Mark Marin, right? Go ahead. Say it.
1: Oh oh, oh everybody's,
2: said, everybody's all quiet now.
1: We it's a little inside baseball. We said you'd go on Maron, you wouldn't mention the show and you'd spend the whole time telling uh Terry's Canal story.
2: <laughs> I totally would. I told I would I would be name dropping. Look, no. look I told I told you guys. I I have long had an Oscar speech at my disposal. Uh I have my I signed with a big ball club press conference ready to go. Right? That one? You know the big the big press conference with the cameras going off and you you wear the
3: jersey over the suit
2: over the suit, right? Have that one ready to go. I now have snippets of my Marin podcast, definitely. things I want to get into, my parents, stuff like that. Just I'm ready to go p j you will be named a ton a ton
1: If you get on Marin's show, first of all, you'll never get past junior high school
0: <laughs> he
1: will He will keep you firmly planted in what the heck went wrong, zero to thirteen. <laughs> That'll be a
2: full hour. it will be the two, the, the only two and a half hour WTF in the history of.
1: It'd be a series, all right?
2: Four hundred episodes. He'll have
1: to stop because he's exhausted.
2: All right, a two. Uh, me and Louis CK will be the only two parters that he ever does.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> when like two hours in, he'll be like, "Wow, so so
1: that was seventh grade. All right, all right. So what happened? What happened this summer after seventh grade? Oh all right,
2: God. all right. Enough." I did a little guest spot. It was a lot of fun. I got to talk about the Jets. It was fun. I talked way too much, Cal. I'm not. I know you're not surprised. I, know. I
3: find that very hard to believe. Okay. I'm sure you were great. And did you find? Can Can you give the the podcast out again? Yeah, it's called uh, Press Coverage with uh, John Presser,
2: and um, it's on uh, Blog Talk Radio, where we are. We're we're you know we're on the same network. Right. But it's not weird to do a crossover show. It's called press coverage, Jets Talk with John Presser. It's uh but they're at the football reporters site. Do you know that? Yes. So it's uh blog talk radio backslash or uh blog talk radio backslash football reporters and you, you can find it there. Football dash reporters. That's where it is. Boys. worst
1: plug ever.
2: Worst worst
1: plug and I,
3: he was asked never to return. That's okay. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll tweet it out. It'll be on our Facebook page. You can get both of our shows in, yes. in the same general location. Yes, it's I guess like, just... it's like when you watch Battle of the Network Stars. That's right. You know, we're, we're on, on the same, same network. It, That's it. We're on the same network.
1: Listen, guys. Noah Wiley is a working actor. He is on the sci-fi series Falling Skies.
3: No kidding. Who is?
1: Still, still, in, he's employed right now.
2: Oh, good for him. Hey, I just yeah, I, guys I just brought up a great list of um famous crossover appearances. Fictional crossover appearances. Oh, no. There's there's some gems in here, but here's here's a quick early favorite. Steve Urkel visits Full House and helps Mark in step by step. <laughs> I Does don't that,
3: remember either one of those.
2: Yep, Urkel visits Full House and helps Mark by step by step. Huh. Uh, here's another gem. Cosmo, wait a minute. Cosmo Kramer of Seinfeld appeared on Mad About You
1: as Cosmo. Yeah. Yeah. No. Because Cosmo Kramer is subletting Paul Reiser's apartment. Shut up. How yeah, have I? Kramer's, how
2: have I never been aware of this?
1: Kramer's apartment is. Paul Reiser's old apartment that he leaves to go move in with Helen Hunt. Is we're back is to Helena? Helen
2: Hunt. And we're back to What's Helen Hunt. What's that? Is this for real?
1: Yeah, Hunt. that that was a tie in.
2: How did I not know this?
1: Because Wait, that was Italian? <laughs> it was Italian? NBC tried to tie in all the shows.
2: Yeah, I'm seeing it here. I mean you have uh well, Norm and Cliff were on wings. Norm- yeah that's right. Chandler Bing of course was on uh, Caroline in the City.
1: Mm-hmm. Good job.
2: Good job everybody.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, Matt, that's a Mad about mad about you had Lisa Kudrow as Ursula. Yes.
2: Right. But that and was a re- that was a recurring, Christmas. right. That was a mm-hmm. recurring. A lot right. of times what so, they
1: would do is
3: they would they would throw a hurricane in there or a blackout and it would <laughs> stand the entire evening through shows. <laughs> mm-hmm. You remember that
1: A little I, gimmick? They, NBC still does it
2: <laughs> not throughout
1: only, nights of programming.
2: Not only do we remember it, we still we still get it. It yeah. still happens. Oh well. How are you, Peach? We missed you last week.
1: I'm great. I just got home. I don't know if you can hear. Um, my neighbor is cutting his lawn. Oh, that's right.
2: Speaking of, now we're doing, not only are we doing crossover stuff, now we're doing uh, callbacks to old episodes. We're doing callbacks. That's great. Now we're doing a callback from uh, from an episode from last year.
1: Well, the guy doesn't change. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent. Matter of fact, pulling in, I almost hit him because he was standing on the curb in complete darkness, weed whacking.
2: Of course he was.
1: Of course he
2: was. Of course, great job, everybody.
1: Now, he could see what he was doing because he has a little miner's helmet on, and he's shooting a beam of light straight down at the ground, so <laughs> the he can see what on. he's. That's what he's got, <laughs> and so he can see what he's doing. But his back was to the road, so I couldn't see him.
0: That's not safe, Beach. He,
1: was, he wasn't wearing reflective gear. <laughs> I should get him a little, yeah, I should get him the yellow vest or the orange vest, just for his own Like, good. like a like cyclist. I, I've already killed his cat. I would feel really bad if I hit him.
2: Again, we're calling back here. It was We needed we need, like, the music. It was just something <laughs> like this. The great thing is when we do the callback to this, to that episode, like, Cal, yeah. all three of us will be, like, 35 pounds lighter and have hair... <laughs> Have a hairstyle from last year. <laughs> <laughs> like, like I'll have like a ridiculous, like a mullet or something. Something from last year. Like last whatever. year. The yeah. mullet.
3: Last year, right. Hey. In 2012. <laughs> <laughs> the famous 2012 mullet. All
2: right. Shut up. You know what I meant.
3: <laughs> I couldn't think of a haircut. Shut up. Oh, um, the Clooney. The Clooney. It's the
1: kind of good stuff you, you brought to the other show.
3: This is this is the
1: <laughs> this is the gold.
2: This is the uh, this is the mana, the mana from heaven that I brought to the other show. Yeah, look for their ratings to just skyrocket, mm. just no doubt. <laughs> um, all right, Pete, we're going to talk about sports, and then we're going to come back to you because we love you. It had
1: occurred to me that you should uh, talk a little sports.
2: Yes, yes, we, we had to, we hadn't seen you, so we can you know, okay. I still, we're still doing that segment tonight, by the way, so be ready for it.
1: I don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about?
2: PJ Hopes. No, no, no. no. <laughs> that, that,
1: that is X-rated. I am not doing that. I
2: have the I have the beep button ready to go. No,
1: no, no, no. It, 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 it make new plans. <laughs> what well, is that one for the plans. magazine?
2: You're the producer. You make new plans. RTU the magazine. You're the producer. You make new plans for the fun load. Then
1: <laughs> I never liked you.
2: All right, I'll talk to you later. All right. All right, it's time for the big unload. Cal, hi. What's going on with the mess? I heard there was something happening.
3: I think. Uh, but before we start, isn't the uh, the big unload sponsored by Blue Haven?
2: It is. As is every episode of Ready to Unload. Yes, Blue Haven. New York City Sports Bar for Grown-Ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Uh, they have a lot of stuff going on. They have all the games going on. They're a great place to go. And now you know it, Cal. They open the windows when it gets nice out. It is a great
3: It is a great place to go watch the playoffs in the spring.
2: Yep. It's Knicks,
3: really just fun.
2: The Rangers. They'll have the Ranger games. They'll have the Knicks games. They open well, you up bet, the you windows You better get there,
3: nice. there soon if you, you, you want to watch the Knicks game. right. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> right.
2: The Knicks losing game four today, down now down three games to one to the Pacers. And uh, it's going to be a tall task for the Knicks to get back in the series. But, um, yeah, go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Blue Haven, New York City Sports Bar. For grown-ups, go there. Drink beers. Watch games. The windows will be open. The weather's beautiful nice. If you're in New York City, go. I urge you. We, we, we urge you. Please. We're urging. I didn't manage to get Blue Haven in on Presser's show. Well, look. I know. I know. I felt
3: like he, you I'm know. Sure, I'm sure you had a lot to talk about.
2: <laughs> it was like being on the couch at, at Carson. I mean, it was really a unique experience. It was weird, Cal, because I'm so used to doing this show and it just being me and you. You know, and he's, he's, I tell you, he's doing a heck of a job. He's steering it. He's got his guys coming in and out. He's doing like a, he's much better. Uh, At it than I am. Keep it tight? um, No. But, no, but tight enough. But it really is like being a guest on like a paddle show. You know, like I felt like Michael Irvin sitting there just like waiting for him to come to me so I could talk about the jet receivers. You know, it was wild. It was wild. I had a suit on just like Michael Irvin's. You did? Yeah, I had a ridiculous purple pinstripe suit on. Like three sizes too big? (laughs) That's correct. Seven buttons. Like, three buttons is not enough. I went seven buttons. Hey, here's how I want to frame this Mets thing, okay? Um, uh, (laughs) That's
3: about it. Just like that, okay.
2: So there's the Valdespin thing, the Valdespin thing uh, with the plunking. There's the state of the team itself physically on the baseball field. And then there's what's going on with the team off the field. And I'm gonna flip it to you right now, because I know you have a lot of pent up uh, thoughts. You have a lot of things that you want to get off your chest, and then let's just talk about them. But I do want to separate those things out. So, like, let's do the off the field ridiculousness, and uh, if you can, if you can separate the off the field, you know, stuff and the on the field performance wise stuff. Okay. You're, you're done. You're done with this team. I, I mean, you're you are. You, when's the last time you were this disgusted with the Mets?
3: The last time I was this disgusted with the Mets this, um this early. This early? Yeah. It's been a couple of years. Because yeah. you because you got to remember the Mets always start out okay. That's right. Better it's, than okay lately. The last couple of years they've started out they've started out better than okay and it's once you hit the All-Star break and after that that's when it gets bad. So it's kind of it's been a while since they've been this bad this early. Right. So where do you want to start? Let's start I think we need to start on the field. Okay. I think we need to start with the product that they're putting out there every night. This this atrocity that they're rolling out there every single night other than the, every 5th day when Matt Harvey starts. Who by the way Matt Harvey Sports Illustrated cover boy this week. What could possibly go wrong?
2: I almost feel like Verducci did that on purpose. Could, I really do.
3: What could happen?
2: <laughs> just a, just a troll, Met fan.
3: Why not? Let's put him on the cover. I couldn't couldn't put Ike Davis on the cover. No, no, it had to be Matt Harvey. Well, <laughs> <laughs> why not? Why not put a cover? You know, what's wrong with Ike Davis for futility's pic- sake? Right, and then a picture of him with his shoulders slumped in the worst body <laughs> language you've, you've ever seen on a major league ball player is he the is he the poster child yeah we're gonna team? he's he is um we're gonna we're gonna call him like exhibit a yeah i'm trying to think of i'm <laughs> trying to think of a since he can't really use ground zero anymore in this yeah no no let's
2: don't no, no don't do that
3: no but he is um, you like know
2: it's like a Hitler mustache you can't they're just they're let's, over.
3: Call, let's call him Project X <laughs> <laughs> because that's that's kind of what you think of when you think of Ike Davis now here's the problem with Ike Davis this is now the second year that this has happened with Ike Davis and it's like watching the same thing all over again that we watched last year and we watched him last year and at this point there were cries from the hilltops, send him down to the minor leagues, he needs to be sent down and they stayed with him and they showed patience in him and he turned it around, he didn't have a great year he did hit 32 home runs still didn't have a great year but he did turn it around and he was fine for the second half of the year he was a viable major league first baseman for the second half of last year, now it's happening again and if this isn't the fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice, shame on me thing going on, um, I think we can... It's safe to say Ike Davis is not who we thought Ike Davis would be. Ike Davis is probably going to be more Steve Balboni wow. than even Dave Kingman. Wow. I think, at this point. And what kills you is the is, is the body language, and what kills you is the... The attitude. Wow. You know, I I get it. He's frustrated and and he, I'm sure he has no answers. I don't doubt that he's working at it. I don't think he's just kind of, you know, skipping batting practice and carousing late at night on the town. (laughs) Even though there were some rumblings of that last year. Right. Ike Davis. Um, So I don't, I'm not going to question his effort. But, you get to the point where now this is two years in a row and you have to look at his results. And he's the guy that was kind of like the key piece of the core. And let's talk about the core for a minute. Okay. The core of the Mets.
2: Well, preface that, preface that with, cause I think you're spot on here. Again, we're still talking about what's going on in the field, just and, on the field and, right now. And, what's, and they're losing nine, nothing by the way. Yes, of course they are. Um, uh, just what's going on in the – so if we thought they had hit rock bottom yesterday, no, no. It's today. It's their fifth straight loss. It's their 18th out of the last 25 games.
3: Well, we were reminded today that just when you think it's gotten as bad as it can get, it can right. always get worse.
2: Right. They're actually losing 9 Um And some guy named Gast is pitching a four hitter.
3: Well, he's the second major league appearance, so this is obviously what happens.
2: Right. The Mets um, struggle with those guys. So talking about on the field, you said something I thought was extraordinarily interesting. As your, you were talking about your confidence maybe in Sandy Alderson wavering a little bit, or you didn't realize. I think the way you put it, which I like, Bri, was I knew they were sort of punting 2013. I didn't think they were really punting it like 65 yards <laughs> you know, out of their own end zone. You know, to the other teams, twenty. I mean, they are punting it. Um, and you brought up the idea that this team that Alderson took over three years ago, he counted on certain guys to be a core that he could build around, and he is building around. Um, and this core stinks. They
0: and stink?
3: maybe maybe that's the, or or is stinking. They no, they no, stink. No, they stink. Okay. They stink, and that's and to me that's. That's where I think the major problem is. And people can talk about he didn't go out and get an outfield and he brings in the bullpen and the bullpen stinks or he's got Wheeler in the minors and he's not bringing up Wheeler because they're cheap and blah, blah, blah. They can talk about all they, all that, all they want. But the bottom line is that he was counting on a core of a couple of players to kind of be the guys here to build around.
2: Or be you, be major leaguers. I mean, be major league, be but, viable, consistent major league players. We're not talking you, about,
3: you know, you know. I mean, obviously, he wasn't he wasn't counting on them being perennial all stars, but he was counting on them being significant major league baseball players, yes. not just yes. you know placeholders at a position. Absolutely. And the guys that he's been counting on for three years, David Wright. There's no arguments with David Wright. David Wright is a superstar. Yep. Deserves every penny of that contract. And even in the middle of of this garbage that they're putting out there every night, he still performs Mm -hmm. and doesn't say a word. Mm -hmm. David Wright, Ike Davis, Daniel Murphy, Ruben Tejada, Lucas Lucas Duda, Duda, Jonathan Neese,
2: Bobby Parnell until very recently.
3: This is his core. These are the guys... For the last three years. You put Dylan G in there too, Cal. No, I'm not putting Dylan G well, in there. Well, they put
2: way too much he's not. He
3: was not counted on to be a core guy.
2: I think they've no. always thought of him as more, he's more than a third starter or, or fifth I starter. I couldn't disagree with you more if I tried. You don't think they've thought of him that way? Or no. you don't think he is that?
3: No, I think that the second that they got some depth in that rotation, he'd be gone. Oh, I don't think so. Gone.
2: Right. I just picked up the cigar with the, the stick. <laughs> nice, ne- nice needle drop, Peach.
3: Nicely done. Score safety over there. Nice needle drop. Well, here's here's the thing with this with this core, and, and and you have to use the term core very loosely at this point because now we've seen this this core for three years, and I think it's time to say they stink, and I think the problem for Sandy Alderson is that he's starting to realize, hey, wait a minute, they stink. I've been building around, you know. I've been building around this group of players. Yeah. And I've been I'm, you know while
2: waiting while waiting for the while waiting for the Wheelers and the Harveys and right. the, and now Darno you know uh, Darno and well Frances has got me doing it uh, and Darno and and waiting for these guys and even you know guys further down the line Wilma Flores Brandon, Brandon Nimmo, you know waiting for these guys I have these core guys that are going to be. Everyday major league players. And maybe right. even Ike Davis is a thirty home run guy. And Lucas right. Duda is a thirty home run guy.
3: And let's and- let's let's move to that track now, which was the plan. You know, and, and you can see it everywhere in quotes and big bold letters, the plan. And the plan is something that you either buy into and you believe in, or you mock endlessly. It's one or the two. Yeah. There's nothing in the middle. You right. fall in one camp where you're drinking the Kool-Aid and everything's going to be great in 2014 because this is a group, this is this is the, the brain trust that was put together that knows what they're doing and they've got a plan and in 2014 it's going to be great. Or you're on the other side and you're like, these guys don't know what they're doing, you, you, you're spending all of your money on the front office and they're putting out garbage every night. So you fall in one of those two camps. And what's happening is that, the plan works if the core is viable. Because all the. He, Sandy Alderson is operating that he doesn't need to worry about a first baseman. He doesn't need to worry about a shortstop. He doesn't need to worry about a power hitting outfielder. He doesn't need to worry about a left handed starter in the top of his rotation. He's got all that covered. You know? He's building around that with these youngsters that are coming in and waiting for all of the dead money on the books to come off after this year. That's been his focus all along. And along the way, I think he's starting to realize that the core that he didn't think he had to worry about, he's got to worry about a little bit because they're not good. <laughs> they're just not good ball players. And when you listen to him talk, and we've sung his praises for three years about how measured he is and how calculated he is and how he sounds like he's got a plan and he's the grown-up in the room. And when you listen to him in 2011 and 2012, he sounds a whole lot different than he sounds right now in May of 2013. And I really believe, I don't know this because I'm not in his head, but I really believe that he's starting to come to the realization that what he didn't have to worry about He's now gotta to start to be concerned with
2: your thoughts. <laughs> I think
3: <clears throat> let me
2: ask you, do you think that he re, like he realized it like we listened to that interview yesterday with Mike Francesa and we listened to him, and I thought I thought very differently of that interview than you did. I thought that interview was a guy who's frustrated with Francesa. But also frustrated with there's nothing he can really do in 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 real time, his hands are literally tied. he cannot make a trade because nobody's going to trade with him. He doesn't have the guys to bring up there's nothing on the free agent market like he he his hands are tied, and I don't think he envisioned being in this position, so I heard a guy who was frustrated, not because he was exhausted but frustrated because. He thought this team was going to be better, and there's literally, he has no recourse. He literally has no recourse because bringing up Zach Wheeler is not going to do anything. Okay, it'll be nice, you know, to have two days you can watch the team play, but what happens if he fails?
3: Well, he brought that up yesterday.
2: How quickly is this fan base? He said, yeah, you'll have two out of five days that you want to watch the team for a while. What if that doesn't, what if he fails? Well, let me let me let me. And how quickly they're going to turn on him. So, just to finish this though, uh, Cal, um, I think I see it differently. I see a guy who's frustrated that his hands are tied. There's nothing he can do. He can't. He had to bring up Juan Lagares, who's not ready to play in the major leagues. And we said it yesterday. He said we had to. We had to. That's why they picked up Rick Ankiel. They had to get a major league center fielder there. And he's frustrated. I think I I saw a guy who was frustrated. Now, go ahead. What were you gonna say?
3: No, I was gonna I was gonna bring up the Zach Wheeler thing. Right. Do you believe? And you, now you you know your baseball over there. <laughs> all right. You know your Mets. Yeah. You know the sport. You've been around the game. Yeah. At a high level.
0: Eh, reasonably high.
3: Reasonably high. Do you believe for one second that Zach Wheeler is not ready to pitch in the major leagues right now? Yes or no? Don't qualify I, anything. Yes or no? I I ha, I ha, I would say yes. Okay. However, oh. but there, there, okay. there, now, there okay, is, now there
2: is a qualifier. Go ahead. Now you can. Because he's better than what they have. Okay. If they had a rotation that was good and viable, let's put it this way, a better way to put it maybe. If Johan Santana doesn't get hurt, okay, and is pitching in this rotation, and Sean Markham was an ounce of what he was supposed to be, and John Neese was an ounce of what he's supposed to be, and so you had Santana, Neese, Harvey, Markham, and G. I don't have to bring him up yet.
3: You so then so now what you're telling me is Dylan G is pitching better than Zach Wheeler was. No, no, pitching he's better. not. No, no, he's
2: not. I'm talking about in in that scenario if those. Five pitchers are there, and G is the weak link. And G is pitching like he is right now. Okay. Matt uh, Zach Wheeler is better than Dylan G, so yeah, I would again, I would want to see him up. But there is a there was a scenario where he wasn't a better option than what they have right now. He's a better option than three fifths of yeah uh, three and a half fifths of the rotation.
3: All right. So then, why would they, why are they not bringing him up?
2: Because I don't. I I think they. I think he got off to a bad start there. I really do. I, 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 I'm not as skeptical as everybody. I don't know why the tin hats are out with this. There's no tin hats. I mean, I just, I I don't understand. But why, is it, why does everything have to be a Super 2 status and stuff, Cal? I just
3: don't agree with that. I, I agree with you 100%. I just, I think at this point that that's, you know, now that we're so close to it, you're not going to see him. Well, he's hurt too, but... But I think that... But there, was, there were rumors today, you know, that they were
2: faking his injury. So that it would alleviate the... That it was a phantom injury, so it would alleviate the calls to bring him up. And they could wait until after a Super 2 status. And I just... I don't agree with that. I think he... I think if he had gotten off to a good start and didn't have three really shaky starts... Mm -hmm. and have a problem with his finger, and have a problem with the moisture and the temperature. And look, we're not there. We don't know how he's handling these bad outings. Maybe he sits in the locker and sulks for two and a half hours after he has one. And so they say, and Wally Backman calls up and says, look, you can't, if this kid has a bad outing, it's going to be disastrous.
3: Well, that's interesting that you say that, because Wally Backman... Is quoted as saying, you know, if he has <laughs> another couple of starts like this, he should be brought up.
2: Yeah, and he's had three good starts in a row. I think if he had had a fourth, Cal, you would have seen him. I don't believe it. Oh, I, I especially I after it. the way Dylan G pitched tonight, you would have seen him. Look, they don't—they don't know what that super two date is,
3: by the way. You know that, right? Right. They know it's sometime in the beginning of June.
2: Right, but they can't
3: possibly, no, they, they no. can't
2: pinpoint what it is because no. it, it, it's based on. 2012, if you base it on 2015, it could, which is when it would matter, it could be an entirely different date. So the only way to really keep him safe as a Super 2 is to keep him down until July 1st. Okay? I don't think they're going to do that. I really don't. I don't think they have a choice. Alderson said it yesterday. He said he will come up when need meets readiness. When those two things converge, he'll come up. I think you I think Dude, you're really underplaying the damage said, a bad start could do for this kid with this fan base right now. I mean this kid throws three bad, two bad games they they turned on him when he was at AAA, cal. They turned on him when he was at AAA. I think you're downplaying how I, bad a well, bad start would be for this kid. And he, I
3: He's not Matt Harvey. He doesn't have that mentality. Maybe he's more fragile. How do you know that? How do you know he's not Matt Harvey? Because we didn't know what Matt Harvey was when he came up last year.
2: He had a very good idea of what his – I told you. I read that article two years ago. His bulldog mentality and his mental toughness was well-known, well-documented.
3: You're going to tell tell me if this – go ahead. Finish, please. You're on a roll. Go. No, no. I was just going to say I don't know.
2: Maybe he's that way. Maybe he's not. But I think we're I think we're underestimating the damage a bad start could do for this
3: kid. So you so you mean to tell me that if he, <laughs> if he came up tomorrow, yeah, and had a bad start, yeah, or he came up a week from now after another good start at AAA and had a bad start, that would make a difference.
2: It's that's a totally fair point. I think all I'm trying to say is I. I So he's going to miss his next start, but they don't think it's anything serious with his clavicle. He's going to make another start, I think, in five days, right? Because his last start was like two days ago. So he makes that next start. He has another good outing. That's four good outings in a row. That's four dominant outings in a row, okay? And maybe there's somewhere in the rotation. Now, look, we both know. Everywhere in the rotation except Matt Harvey, there's a need. But like Sandy Alderson said yesterday, he's like, look, Markham's going to go out there. He's going to keep going out there. Jeremy Hafner's acquitted himself, well, okay, the last three starts. He got off to a rough start yesterday, but settled down and pitched six innings. It gave you th- six innings of three-run ball. I would have signed for that tonight. They'd be winning. So
3: you got, Tonight you got three innings of six-run ball.
2: Yeah, exactly. Literally. Uh, right, and then Robert Carson came in and gave him a four-run. So good job, everybody. Oh, he's, he's on the team now?
3: Yeah, Robert Carson, yeah.
2: Two That's innings, the, four runs, when, two hits, two home when, runs.
3: When did they bring him up?
2: I don't know. Did he ever go down?
3: I, I don't remember him being there.
2: Anyway, I I don't think he ever went back down, Kyle. I, I just don't think they've used him for a while. Or maybe they called him back up today. I don't know. Either way, he came in and it gave up It doesn't matter.
3: Yeah, he gave up four. He's while. another one.
2: So all I'm saying is if he strings together four – you know, those are four good outings in a row. I, I just want him to come up and stay up. I don't, and and I think I really want him pitching well consistently when he comes up. That's all. Because I think the damage that can be done if he—and I'm not talking about one bad outing, like if he's a bad debut—but if he puts together his first two or three outings and his ERA is five-five and he's given up 15 runs in 20 innings or whatever over three games, they're going to turn on him, Brian. I know. They're ready to turn on him. And you know why they're especially ready to turn on him? Because he was traded for Carlos Beltran, and he's Alderson's boy. Matt Harvey isn't. Matt Harvey was drafted by Omar.
3: Mm-hmm. Dino. know. So he is he, – Zach Wheeler is the face of the rebuild. So what you're telling me is that, that you use as much time and, – and, and I'm not saying that you would be wrong – If this is what you're telling me, let him, let him marinate down in AAA for as long as he needs to. And in the meantime, just deal with what you got to deal with.
2: No, it's not. It's not an open ended thing. I want to see him now. Had it not been for the clavicle issue today, if he had gone out and had a fourth straight good outing, four straight dominant outings, I want him up. That's that's it. I just want him pitching well when he comes up. That's all. Okay. If he's down there and he has you know he hasn't uh he comes back from this and it's nothing. Which who are
3: we kidding? It's gonna be something,
2: but it's nothing.
3: He's gonna have the first Tommy John surgery on his clavicle, on his I think. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> Only the Mets. So
2: getting back to the main thesis point though, do you think my well, this, question
3: is I this, these are parallel. Si-sai. Yeah, <laughs> care my opinion?
2: Is that a word? I don't. I don't think that word means what you think it means.
3: You just made that out It's a sea Let's see what he did.
2: Um, how about adding? Uh, how about adding that to make something plural?
3: You can do it in any case. It's so good. Oxford says it's okay. <laughs> That's right.
2: I know those guys.
3: That's why I use the British dialect. I, well, um,
2: you sound much smarter too. Everybody does.
3: Yeah. If you don't do a good dialect you could really hurt yourself.
2: Right. It depends on the British dialect you're doing. Like if you're doing like a if you lo I we do
3: over there like, right. like Arthur.
2: Right. If or if you're doing like the Bob Hoskins, you know, how he really sounds. Right. With the Cockney, is it like all, all right, oh gotta do that over there. Alright. Then you don't sound super intelligent. But if you're doing like sort of the uh, you know, sort of the proper
0: Uh, sort of uh, speech then it's quite intelligent it's quite intelligent
2: you know, uh, the the king's English man my question to you is do you think that that was reflected in Sandy Alderson yesterday this realization that oh mother of pearl I have to rebuild this whole freaking thing now like do you think he realizes that?
3: I I think he's starting to consider that. I don't think that I don't think he's at the point where oh wow, I got to I got to get rid of everybody, but I think he's starting to consider that, well, look, you know, I got some money available in the off season. Maybe I got to get a new first baseman. You know, I didn't have I wasn't planning on it, but maybe maybe I have to get one.
2: Yeah, like I knew I needed a whole new outfield, right? Now I need a. Although I was hoping Lucas Duda, you know, became a everyday major league player. um, That's not happening. So I need a whole new outfield.
3: It's not. And listen, apologies to the O, P S crowd and the on base crowd. And yes, he gets on base a lot. But the problem is that when you're six foot six and two hundred and fifty pounds, and you can't move, walking. Is not really doing anything, especially if you've got nobody behind him to move him around the bases. Well, the, yeah. that's the that's the other part of the problem. Is no, that Duda Duda's a problem, Cal? These guys, these guys are the huge. The, the issue with
2: what's going on on the field right now is that Lucas Duda can have a 400 on base percentage. I don't care; he's hitting 215 He has eight home runs and 13 RBIs, and he got one of those tonight. I mean, he can't have eight home runs and 12 RBIs.
3: He you can't. can't have
2: your shortstop in 220 if well, he's going to make
3: an error every game.
2: You know my feelings. I know. I have never thought he is more anything more than an eighth-place hitter.
3: You sold on him a long time ago. On
2: a good team. Right. Well, should he have kept – you said he, the pieces that he kept, that was the phrase you used, to build around and to, to raise it as a nuclei – Hey. It works. It's right. It does. It totally works. Um, is, is should he have kept Jose Reyes? Should Jose Reyes still be here?
3: Uh, it's you know I hate I hate that hindsight question because yes in hindsight he absolutely should have kept him. Totally agree. You know, but at the time I didn't hate that he didn't. I didn't hate that. At least I don't think I did. And we can run the tapes, but I don't yeah. think that I hated him <laughs> in July of two thousand eleven. When well, and it, let's you know, let's let's flash back, July, 2011. <laughs> we have what are we wearing in this flashback? Oh my good, parachute pants. And... I am dead. <laughs> I have capariches on those sunglasses with the two different shapes. Right, right. I have a
2: copy of On the Road folded up in my back pocket. It's crazy. You are. Yeah. You
3: still have the flannel shirt tucked, around, um, you know, tied around your waist for some yep, reason,
2: but yeah. Well, i well, try to take that off me. I'm not giving that up.
3: Go but back but back then I didn't hate he was hurt so you weren't going to get maximum value for him anyway. So this idea that you would just trade him just to get something for him
1: it, it was fine.
3: And plus he, people were going to City Field to see Jose Reyes in pursuit of the batting title. So from a business standpoint, I didn't hate it back then. So I can't now say, "Oh, well they should have traded him for whatever ham and egg or they could have got for him back then." Because they got nothing for him. I'm not going to say that. No. In hindsight, yes, they should have. No, but I, I I, go the other way.
2: I'm glad they didn't trade him then because I thought it was the smart move. And we do have the tapes to prove it, like Nixon. But also, wait, real current reference, good job. Um, but also, I thought they, I, I, of course, wanted them to sign him back. Did I, did I understand why they didn't give him $110 million? Yeah, I did. But I still wanted them to sign him back. I always wanted them to sign him back. I always wanted to keep that left side of the infield together. It just became apparent that it wasn't going to happen because the, the stupid owners didn't have the money. I mean, if, 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 if Jose Reyes had become a free agent in 2007, like this exact same scenario played out in 2007. He'd still be here. Before, before December of 2008. Let's put it that way. How's that? So it all happens, and he becomes a free agent after October of 2008.
3: He's, he, he's a mech for life. He's on the disabled list, but he's a he's, mech. He's, <laughs> right. but,
2: but Cal, you make the argument. Should that, is that a guy he should have built around? Who should still be here that he's let go?
3: Well,
2: I mean, Jason Bay?
3: No, 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 no. It's, it's not about who should still be here that he's let go. Other than Jose Reyes, <laughs> other than Jose Reyes, but I don't, I don't think that he's let people go, or let me, let me rephrase it, the way that this is supposed to go. I don't think he's kept players <laughs> at the expense of letting people go. I don't think he's done that. Right. I think, I think that what you see here is what was here. That was it. Carlos Beltran was going to be traded. Yes. No doubt. Jose Reyes was probably not going to come back. He's gone. Johan Santana was going to be gone one way or the other, whether he got hurt or he or he we left the team as a free agent after this year. He was going to go. So all these guys that they had were going to were going to be gone. So what he was left with was that infield: Davis, Murphy, Tejada, Wright, and Lucas Duda, who he's always loved. He's yeah, he, loved does like, he
2: does like Lucas Duda.
3: He's been he's been pushing Lucas Duda for years. Now, I don't think he loved Ike Davis. I think he did. I I, I mean, they've
2: shopped Ike Davis. He's talked about Duda playing first base. I I
3: really believe Ike Davis is the guy. If he's having second thoughts about anybody on this team, it's it's Ike Davis where he's really disappointed in this guy. Yeah. You know, like, go to your room. You're punished, disappointed.
2: He continues to be an anathema. You know, a a real... Boy, I don't know if I used that right. I don't know if I used it right. PJ, where are you? I don't know if I... I feel like I wanted to use that the whole show. I'm not sure I used it right.
3: It felt great. Let, and an let's anathema.
2: hear it
1: again. Let's hear it again.
2: <laughs> I, a, I'm not sure if it's a word. B, I'm not sure if I'm using it right. Anathema. Anathema? Anathema. That's it. That's what I'm going for.
1: Okay. Does did it I, work? That, I which, use? That, that which is completely the opposite... In uh, thematic resonance to Ooh, no. one uh, to to another. Yeah, I didn't. So I didn't do
3: that. Would that be synonymous with antithesis?
1: It's the same ballpark. Yeah.
2: I lo- I love this okay. game show. I love this game show. Who's the host of this game show?
1: <laughs> An- antithesis would be more. Uh, um, ideological and anathema would be in practice.
3: All right.
2: Either way, I didn't use it right. I didn't use it right. Either
1: way. All right. Well, (laughs) (laughs) the word you were looking for, Steve, was not gonna. Not gonna. (laughs) Not
3: not gonna.
1: All
2: right, wait, wait, wait. Anathema (laughs) was originally used as a term for exile from the church, but evolved to mean set apart, banished, denounced.
3: Is it What is it, a noun?
2: To be formally set apart, banished, exiled, excommunicated, denounced, sometimes accursed. Still didn't use it right, but I feel a little better about what I was going for.
3: So you'd feel better that if they ever did get rid of Ike Davis, you could then call him <laughs> an anathema. Here
2: we go. Yes, Cal. is... Oh, what's the what? Definition of an anathema. A. Mike Davis. What? <laughs> this is a picture of Ike. <laughs> One that is cursed by ecclesi- ecclesiast, ecles yeah, ecclesiastical authority. That's definitely not him. Sandy Alderson. Right, but B, someone or something intensely disliked or loathed. You usually use as a predicate nominative.
3: So now, now you are talking about Jordani Valdespin.
2: This notion was anathema to most of his countrymen. So that's not bad.
1: Right. It's got to it's got to be set against something though. You can't just right. point to something and be like that's anathema over there. No, no, no.
2: Ike David or Jordani Valdespin. There well, it is. Well,
3: no, no. I, Ike Davis is an anathema to David Wright.
2: Or to no, no. It's not the opposite here. It's someone or something intensely disliked or loathed, used as a, usually used as a, as a predicate nominative. So the example they give is this notion was an anthema to most of his countrymen. Okay, got it. So this would be uh, David Wright was an anthema to uh, Sandy Alderson. That's what we were trying to do. This. Not
3: Kate, David Wright. George,
2: Ike, Davis. Ike Davis. Jordani Valdespin is an anthema to most of his teammates.
3: To Terry Collins.
2: To his teammates.
3: And to his teammates.
2: Yes. Pege, wow. I am glad we worked that out. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. Good job, Peach uh, <laughs> Not
1: gonna.
2: And, and not gonna. Just when in doubt, I should just continue to use
3: not gonna. We should call this segment Wordsmithing. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right?
3: Now it's time for
2: a Wordsmithing with Pop Culture PJ. <laughs> <laughs> hey everybody. If you're an Anthema an Anthema Oh boy I'm having trouble saying that. Hey,
3: welcome to Wordsmithing. <laughs>
2: this show is this show is the antithesis of exciting. Uh, I use that one right. Okay, uh yes, well now do we have to move on to Valdez-Bean?
3: No, well are we are are we finished talking about no, we're not actually. To finish right. talking about Sandy Alderson, let's let's finish up on him. All right, sir. Because you you still got the Kool Aid ring around your mouth from the from the Sandy Alderson. Whoa, whoa, Kool-Aid. whoa, whoa! Clean it up. Clean, <laughs> all right. You know when a kid, drink, my daughter, Clean all the time, it. Clean it drinking Kool Aid.
2: We are not in Portland, Oregon, or Maine. Clean it up.
3: You know they love it in Portland, Virginia. They love that bit, the Kool Aid <laughs> bit. Kool Aid around the mouth. Kool Aid around the mouth.
1: It's great. We open for Kool Aid mouth.
2: <laughs> great band, really good band. They were like sort of like a synth pop uh, version of the Ramones,
3: or of Smash Mouth.
2: Of Smash Mouth.
3: Kool Aid mouth. Synth pop version of Smash Mouth.
2: <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why synth pop works so perfectly for Kool Aid mouth, but it just does. <laughs> They're Dutch, by the way. <laughs> it's a Dutch band. It's just it's, like, it, That's just like a British band calling themselves Fastball. A Dutch like, band calling themselves Kool-Aid
3: Mouth. They don't even know what Kool-Aid is. I feel like they'd have silver spacesuits on, too. <laughs> right? Not the helmet. Just the suit. Just the suit. Why not? Right. <laughs> Kool-Aid Mouth.
2: Kool-Aid
1: Mouth. Ah. Look, I didn't mean... I do they move on stage or do they just stand
2: there? I think they have one guy who moves a lot because he's drank a lot of Kool-Aid, a lot of sugar. He's all like hopped up. Like he dra- Wait, do they have the big Kool-Aid guy on stage? <laughs> he
3: no,
2: that's the anthem. That's an anthem.
3: An
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs>
3: Anathema opens for Evanescence.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. You know that there's a band called Anathema. Oh, you no. no. One? Oh, and yeah. I would
3: be willing to bet they don't take themselves seriously at all.
1: No. I'm,
3: I, I, w- I would be willing
2: to bet there's one on every college <laughs> campus. Forget about one in existence. And, and the further up in the northeast you get, the more likelihood that there's more than one named Ananthema on the campus. Their,
1: their songs are called One Last Goodbye, Lost Control, Are You There, Dreaming Light, he Found," Fragile them. Dream, Untouchable Part One, Shroud of False, Angelica, Parisian Moonlight, and Violet.
2: Oh, good, so they don't take themselves seriously then.
1: <laughs> is, that a, uh, is that a... Is that a the best part. Act? They are from Liverpool. <laughs> <laughs> take it away, Steve. <laughs>
0: oh, boy. Hello, yeah, we're in Anthem. <laughs> <laughs> Where do we plug in? <laughs> These songs are really sort of, you know, what what we're feeling in the moment. You know, this one's about me, Mum.
3: Unforgettable Part One.
0: It's called It's called Parisian Daydream, isn't it? <laughs>
3: is it? Yes, yes, the other day. Is it? Is it? Isn't it? It's really? live. Of
2: course, they're Liverpoolian. Of course, they are. Of course. Yeah. So
0: you know, some people say we take ourselves a little too seriously, but I don't. I don't agree with that. You know, uh, if you taking...
1: describe yourself as a doom and death metal band. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, but that's just the thing, isn't it? You know, labels. I mean, yeah, we described ourselves that way once, you know. But those are just labels, really. We're an anthema to labels. We don't. We don't like being pigeonholed, do we? You know, Your what?
1: third full-length album was called The Silent Enigma.
0: Of course it was. You know, <laughs> that was a Pet Shop Boys record, first, oh wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's a Silent oh Enigma. My God.
1: <laughs> yeah, I swear, I'm on their website right now.
0: Yeah, you know, we, we sort of like that uh, record, Silent Enigma, because you know, if you're an Enigma. You know, you're difficult to figure it out in the first place, and then all of a sudden you're silent, and you're like, this one's silent, that's an enigma. You don't know what's going on. You know, it's sort of like up there, down there, and around the dingle. You know,
3: it's a mystery
0: wrapped in a silent
3: enigma, surrounded by an enigma.
1: <laughs> oh my goodness.
2: Oh, thank goodness yeah. they were in Liverpool. Thank goodness.
1: Yeah, I, I'm yeah, they glad be-
2: they weren't Scottish.
1: No, they became a prog band, and now they just released something called Weather Systems. Oh, boy. So and they, they, they
0: themselves Kool-Aid Mouth. They cleaned
1: it up a little.
3: Right.
0: <laughs> uh, but, you know, that whole death metal thing is so uh, overdone.
2: You know, now we're prog rock. I don't know why I'm putting a rolling R there. I'm getting Scottish with my Liverpool. Uh anyway. Uh thank
3: you. <laughs> Going back to the Mets. Right. And the Sandy Alderson Kool-Aid I didn't mean to get Yeah. Filthy. It just sounded filthy. I, I know it did and and I didn't mean to, but look, I'm not drinking the Kool Aid anymore. Bro. Brosif, I'm full. Bro. Uh, I'm full. I'm done. You know? I, that's I, it. That's I,
2: it. It's I, over.
0: No, you're,
3: look, year You're three. You've had enough. Look, it's it's here. You can play this tape back from February or whenever it was when, when we were killing everybody for finally giving up on Sandy Alderson when they were this close. Yeah. We were this close to to break well, it want I, but I want to talk about that
2: because you're ready. We, we did do that show in February. We said – you know this is not the time to get off, and, and I will totally admit freely that it's gone radically wrong. It has what I expected this season to be now, they're going to lose tonight, and they're going to slip to you know eight games under 500, they're 14 and 22. they've lost 18 of their last 25 games, or 19 of the last 25 game, or 26 games. They aren't doing what I expected them to do. And that is what they have done the last two years, which is be competitive early on and then fade. They've gone straight to suck, much like much like the vacuum <laughs> mega made in Spaceballs. They've gone straight to suck, and I don't know if they're going to go from suck to
3: blow. Bo, oh, hey, oh, Kool Aid Mouth, take it easy. They come on after Kool Aid Mouth, right? Suck to blow, right. <laughs> So I
2: don't so I I am with you there. But I'm not going to I'm not no. I will not do that with Sandy Alderson. I will not. And and again, I had an entirely different take on on his interview yesterday. I know
3: I know you did and that's because we're looking at it from two different perspectives now. I I'm I'm going to criticize him. I'm going to criticize him about the outfield. I'm going to criticize him about the bullpen. He's brought in 72 different arms to this bullpen in the last two years, and every single one of them has been awful. Now, to be fair, I, I, can, I can play both sides of this with the best of them. He brought in, he brought in guys that he, he thought would be good and have track records of being good. John Roush comes to mind.
2: Ramón Ramírez,
3: Ramón Ramírez comes to mind, Brandon Lyon comes to mind, Frank Francisco, well, not so much him, but every most of these guys that he brought in have track records and you and you could not have foreseen them being the garbage that they turned into when they put on a Met uniform. So, I'm not going to kill him for that part. But just by accident, you got to hit on one guy that's going to be good, you know? And you I look I will I will throw your words back at you, sir. You say this all the time. There is nothing more demoralizing than a bad bullpen. I agree. Do you not? Is that, does that sound familiar?
2: It does, but it's, it's demoralizing in a different sense this year, and I'll tell you why, because the starting pitching has been abysmal. Yes. So forget about the bullpen, although I know it's difficult to. Yes, it's been awful, but I will say this to counter what you just said. How many of those arms has he brought in, and how many of those arms has he brought up I'd say it's about equal. I'd say he's actually had to bring up more than he's had to bring in.
3: I would disagree
2: with that, but I'm not. I'm not. Look, I don't want to. But it's got to be close. All I'm saying is, none of these guys have panned out or pitched to the back of their baseball cards from even the, even Atchison from the year before. And he's had to the guys he's brought up the Josh Edgins, the Robert Carson's, the the Familias, the Mejias. Any of these guys that he's brought up from this farm system to pitch in the bullpen have been awful as well. It's a bullpen. I hate a bad bullpen, but I can't kill him on a bad bullpen. He's throwing a bunch of spaghetti at the wall and hoping something sticks. Nothing sticks. He's throwing it at a spaghetti wall. And nothing, but nothing. (laughs) (laughs) Greatest visual ever.
3: Right? (laughs) Throwing spaghetti at a spaghetti wall.
2: It doesn't stick <laughs> it doesn't
3: stick but he, but you how can
2: i killed them for the bad bullpen last year because they were getting good starting pitching and every game was lost by the bullpen if they had had any competency in that bullpen last year they would have won 82 83 games yeah maybe that's a good argument i mean they they they, they had the worst they blew like 27 games i know after the 7th inning
3: i know i just look this year he,
2: they're not they're not even getting good starting pitching right they're getting four. They're getting an average of like four innings out of their starters.
3: Okay. okay. All right. Look, we've, this has gone on long enough. We've talked about an hour <laughs> about this. Let me. My last question to you on Sandy Alderson: Do you hold him accountable for anything? Yes. What?
2: Frank Francisco. Terrible That's
3: signing. <laughs> no, a terrible signing. That was a
2: bad <laughs> signing. That's not it. I have more. I have. Wow. I, have, I want to I work have, for you. I have more. What else? I hold him accountable. You want to talk about the bullpen? That's the one I hold him accountable for. All the other ones, I can't kill him for. He was, I mean, Ramon Ramirez was fantastic two years ago. He was ridiculously good. He was awful. Awful. We were supposedly getting the better of that deal. And Adrian Pagan's making $40 million
3: now, and they got Andres Torres and Ramon Ramirez back. That's the equivalent of being pantsed. <laughs> it really is. But uh,
2: Fra- you want to kill him about the bullpen, Frank Francisco. It's a stupid signing. It right, was a what, reach. What else? I want to hear- two years and twelve million dollars was a reach. What else? Okay, I I hold him accountable for not being aggressive on the trade front. But not, not I'm not talking about Justin Upton, not being aggressive on the trade front for an outfielder like a Vernon Wells. There were there were guys available that were just money.
3: Well, they, well, well that's I'm that, sorry, but but, but that's supposedly, that supposedly supposedly
2: he didn't have the budget restraints that he had. they could have had Vernon Wells, Cal.
3: But that's the elephant in the room here, isn't yeah. it, Steve? Well,
2: I hold him accountable for that. He could have done a better job constructing that outfield. Uh, via trade, for even even having major league players. You shouldn't have to pick up Rick and Keel to be a viable major league outfielder on your team. You should have planned for that. Be
3: your starting center fielder. Right. Marlon
2: you know, Bird and, and stuff. Again, I don't have a problem taking a chance on Marlon Bird as a fifth outfielder. But you couldn't expect him to come in here and play every day. So I, I hold him accountable for that. And I also hold him accountable for, maybe, for... It's okay. He's not going to hate you. No, no. It's it's not a matter of that. I'm just trying to be fair. Because I do believe in his plan. I do see what he's trying to do.
3: And so do I.
2: But I hold him accountable for... I, I can't kill him on Markham. I thought that was a good signing. I hold I hold him accountable for having Terry Collins still here. I think I think he should have gotten a new manager, whether it was Backman, Tuffle, whoever it was this year.
3: Well, okay, now now you are steering this ship, and you're segueing into where we're going next. This is good. Why is it a problem that Terry Collins was c- here coming into the season? Because it's starting to devolve into a situation where maybe he does need to go. But coming into the season, why did you have a problem with him still being the manager of this team?
2: Because I thought it was I thought it was time for new blood. I thought it was going to be Harvey and eventually Wheeler and Darno and I thought it was time. Thank you very much for holding the place. They collapsed for him two straight years. Sorry, but there were 8 games over 500 2 years ago on like August 1st. And last year they were seven or eight games over 500 in July. And, and there's a second wild card. I mean, they collapsed for him two years in a row. Enough was enough. And to me, to have, him, to, to have him come back as a lame duck manager this year, move him upstairs already,
3: please. I have a better idea. You want to hear it?
2: <laughs> You're not going to put him out to pasture,
3: are you? No, oh, come on. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I I don't know if it would be considered moving him upstairs. Move him down to the minor leagues and put him back in charge of what he did a very good job of. Because right now, part of my problem is there's all kinds of nonsense coming up from the bullpen, from the minor leagues. The pitchers that come up are just not ready to pitch in the major leagues. And i I maintain, and I've said this for a couple of years now. The minor league pitching coordinator. I don't even know who he is. I don't even know, I don't know if they even have one. <laughs> But I feel like whoever's in charge of pitching at an organizational level in the minor leagues is accountable for what you see being brought up and failing at the major league level. They're just I, not ready to pitch here.
2: I think it's Warren too. I do.
3: And, and I think Worthen's, Worthen's part of it. I think, and you, you said this yesterday, Dave Hudgens is part of it. Yeah. How many guys have not only not improved under Hudgens but have regressed
2: I, I get I, – I, I think he's done it – look, two years ago, last year, since Sandy Olsen has been here, uh, up until this year, the organizational philosophy of on-base percentage uh, was working. I think the problem is uh, – see, I don't have as big a problem with Hudgens as I do with, with Warthen. Warthen has survived somehow four managers or whatever. Wasn't he there with Randolph? Warby? Or no, uh, what's his name was uh, – Rick Peterson – and then warden and then warden I mean he survived oh uh, he survived Jerry Manuel and now into Terry Collins, like enough. no one has gotten better on his watch, and guys have regressed, and everybody's gotten hurt how many you know, shoulder how many shoulder surgeries do we need to see but i'm but
3: but that's that also goes to the minor leagues too,
2: yeah, no' Kids I, are coming I, up and
3: getting hurt I agree
2: with you they, so i I totally agree, so send him back to minor league coordinator.
3: So we're at a point now where a clean sweep of the coaching staff is necessary. Absolutely. And, and when I say now, I mean today on May 14th. You want to see them all wiped out. You don't even want to give them the rest of the year. No. Okay.
2: 83. Again, we go back to
3: 83. Mm-hmm.
2: How many games into the season was it when George Bamberger was fired? He quit.
3: He re- retired.
2: 43 games <laughs> into got, the season.
3: He got up and left. He's, he's going to be fired, Cal. What did he say? I'm going fishing. He's, that's right. He was going to be fired anyway. So maybe Terry Collins needs to go fishing. They were 16 and 27. Well, okay. So here's the thing. Let's go back to 83. Ter- uh, Bamberger retires, and they put Frank Howard in place as an interim. Right. Do they do, they do that knowing that next year Davy Johnson is going to be the manager?
2: They did that because they wanted Davy Johnson to win in Norfolk.
3: But did, but no, but that's my question. Did they do that knowing that the next year... Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. That that was part of the plan. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Is Wally Backman the part of the plan? Do they want Wally Backman to be the manager of this team next year? I think they do. So then you're not going to bring him in this year?
2: I would... But I, the difference is the the Las Vegas 51s aren't going to be challenging for any sort of uh, uh, pennant or championship at that level. And the guys that he would be managing there are going to be up. Harvey, Wheeler, darno they're all going to be up. Maybe even Wilma Flores, they're all going to be up. See, in Johnson's case in 83, the only guy that was coming up was Strawberry. Gooden was staying down, Darling was staying down, Sid Fernandez was staying down, Walt Terrell was staying down. But
3: they all came with him in 84. Exactly, but I'm saying this year,
2: in this particular instance with these Mets, none of those guys are staying down. So you might as well have Backman up this year with his kids on the big club. I think they do. Alright, well maybe maybe I'm just being you know, maybe it's just because that's what I want.
3: No. Well let's 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 talk about this and, and we'll we'll kinda tie up the Met stuff here. Well has has Cal has he buried himself with the Val to spin stuff? Well that's and that's again you, again, you are just captaining the ship right into the waters that I wanna go. <laughs> My goodness. You I should be probably. on other podcasts, I think. <laughs> I think That's
2: crazy talk. Now you
3: are an untapped resource. Oh, no. you're crazy. This is what I wanted to talk about, though. Um, the situation with Jordani Valdespin, because sure. I, because this now this now ties together the Terry Collins piece and the off the field piece and the perception of the team. It right. all kind of ties together. Um, so Valdisbean last week in in the, in the Friday night game against the Pirates, when we were on the air last. Mm-hmm. As we were talking, as we were talking, unbeknownst to mm-hmm. us, in but, a seven, but to them, known to yeah, in a seven-one game, Valdezpin hits a home run, and he uh, he Cadillacs around the bases. Sure did. Shows shows off a little bit. Proud, that, was
2: a, that was a pink Fleetwood.
3: He was proud of himself. Yeah. Um. And the Pirates naturally took offense to that. So now Saturday. Valdespin doesn't start the game, and it's a it was a 10-1 at the time. I think it was ten to one in the seventh I think inning. it was
2: only seven-one.
3: Maybe. Well, it was, seven, it was seven-one when he hit the home run on Friday night. Oh, that's right. I'm sorry. You're right. It was yeah. It was ten to one, maybe. It's ten to one on Saturday. Pittsburgh again, shellacking, blowing the doors off of the Mets. And Terry Collins needs a pinch hitter, so he looks down his bench and he sees Jordany Valdespin, and he puts him up. Okay. Now Valusbean goes up with an elbow pad on, knowing what's going to happen. And Terry Collins took a lot of grief for setting this kid up, mm-hmm. like they were, like he was leading the lamb to slaughter. <laughs> he knew what was going to happen. Everybody in the ballpark knew what was going to happen. Valusbean himself, for his unaware of anything but himself he is, knew what was going to happen. And it happened. Sure did. And Terry Collins and the rest of the Met team took a lot of hits for not coming to his defense. Yeah. But I wanna, But you had, a, you had a couple of good things on this. What were the Mets supposed to do when that happened?
2: Don't know. Hug them? I don't know.
3: What are they supposed to do? Are they going to charge, charge the mound? You're going to charge in a 10-1 game? Now, you hear a lot about how the mess didn't have his back. If he's a, no matter what kind of teammate he is, you still have to defend him and support him because he's part of the team. But and how? Th- how? What were they supposed to do? No, but the whole point is that not a lot. Not a lot of talk about. You don't hear. Well, maybe they've been trying to do this. All you hear is that he's this immature kid who just doesn't get it. You don't think this team. Has been trying to get him to get it forever and teach him it for a couple of years now. Forever and get it, you know. So maybe they maybe they thought well, this is not about the pirates te- using the pirates to teach him a lesson. They weren't they weren't shifting their responsibility to teach Valdespin a lesson off to the pirates. It's baseball. You know it's it's gonna... baseball. It's been happening
2: for a hundred years. There's no shifting it off to the Pirates to teach him a lesson. It's baseball. That's what this is what happens. You Cadillac on a home run. You stand at the plate and watch a home run in a 7-1 game. In the eighth inning, a solo shot, no less. Not like it was a grand slam. Brought them back in the game.
3: You're going to get plunked or somebody on your team is. Now, Let's talk about Valdespin. Sure. Who should have learned his lesson when he got hit? <laughs> you would think. <laughs> he went to first base. And Steve, what did he do? This 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 this, this valuable lesson that he's just been taught. Yeah. In the school of baseball. Yep. Yeah. What did he do?
2: He uh, with David Wright at the plate. Captain. David right, the captain. The in a, captain in is, 10-1 game. The, the captain who is trying to talk to this kid. Right, still in this game. And getting an at bat, by the way. An at bat he takes very seriously. Okay? He's probably coming out of the game after the at bat. He's probably in the game just to have this at bat. And probably still in the game only because you got hit by a pitch. And Jordani Valdespin decides to steal second. To try to steal second down ten runs with two with, outs with two outs and the captain at the plate and he learned his lesson
0: mm-hmm.
3: so um, he then he then he then, he, pre-
0: then
3: <laughs> he then proceeded to go back to the dugout and pitch a fit like a little eager because nobody came to his defense when right. he got hit right even though even though he learned his lesson.
2: And the Mets had to have the Pirates teach him a lesson.
3: And was prepared to be hit because he knew it was coming because he's wearing this big elbow pad. Yep. He still went to the dugout, pitched a fit.
2: And then we find out, begged out of his second at bat in the game. Right. Through the trainer. Through the trainer. Told the trainer, I don't want to hit again. Because they knew they were probably going to hit him again. Right. For stealing second base. We're trying to steal second base. And the, and, now, Met, and the Mets
3: are getting killed. And Terry Collins are taking a ton of abuse for all of this.
2: All right. So tonight, he, Terry Collins is pressed on this by our old friend, Andy Martino, from the New York Daily News, who reported that Valdez being backed out of the – at bat, he got hit by a pitch in which he didn't. So by
3: old friend, we mean not a friend at all. We don't even know him. Right.
2: Good job, Andy Martino. Good reporting there. So Andy Martino writes an article writes in his article today that Valdez been backed out of the at bat he got hit in, not true. Right. Terry Collins sets him straight on that, and and of course Andy Martino got that from a Met source. Mm. Good job. And Terry Collins says, you know, when pressed on it, somebody says, you know, don't you think or the fans think that you know you let the Pirates teach him a lesson or whatever, and Terry Collins says rightly. I don't care what the fans think. They're not in that room. They haven't seen how we've tried to teach him to be a professional. <gasps>
3: what he said? What?
2: Terry Collins turned on the fans. Bye, bye, Terry. That's it. Twitter oh, well, here's,
3: the, here's the Astros and Angels. Terry Collins. We've been waiting for him. He wrote his uh, he
2: wrote his resignation letter tonight in by blood. saying that. Well, guess what? He wasn't wrong. At all. There's a number of things that Terry Collins could be let go for at this point. That ain't one of them. Because they have tried repeatedly to teach this kid how to be a professional. And how to conduct himself. And um, and nobody seems to be mentioning the three to four early batting practice sessions that they asked him to be at that he's blown off. Mm-hmm. All right, Way to be a professional. And... This isn't the first time he's pimped on a home run.
3: Or even a triple.
2: You do that, you get somebody on your team hit. I don't have any problem with what the Pirates did. Any problem. And P.S., if a Met pitcher had retaliated, they'd be idiots. Nobody retaliates for that. That's called justice. Your own teammates know it. There are times when you need your teammates to retaliate. That's not one of them. Because if a Met pitcher had gone out on Saturday night and hit somebody in the next inning, for an action that he was hit for that was legitimate, that's baseball. That's how baseball polices itself. Okay? Then, guess who's getting hit on Sunday? Guess who they're throwing out on Sunday? Who's pitching for the Mets? Who's on the cover of Sports Illustrated right now?
3: Well, maybe if that was, if that had come out last week, right, he would have got hit.
2: Okay, so no, you don't retaliate there because you turn it into a beanball war for something that he was legitimately hit for. You know, just everybody just play the game, know the game. Know the way the game works. I can't for the life of me understand how Jordani Valdespin has all of a sudden become this, this, this everyday superstar player. Who, who Rick Ankiel is taking at bats away from. And not a hacker who's a bad ball hitter at best with a terrible attitude. Terrible. And no respect for the game somebody said uh, oh you know Manny Ramirez well first of all first of all or David Ortiz first of all okay let's not put Jordany Valdespin even in the same breath there's only, the only thing they have in common is that they played baseball okay so stop right there please and second of all when i see David Ortiz pimp on a home run when he's down 10 to 1 in a game I'm sure he's done it. He gets plunked the next time up, and you know what? He knows it's coming. He knows it's coming. Same thing with Manny. They knew it was coming. They don't have a problem with it. They know that's the way the game works. David Ortiz will pay that price. He will pimp that home run down 7-1. He will pimp that solo shot. You know what? Next time up, he'll get hit, and he'll go, all right. That's the price I pay. He doesn't throw a, a hissy fit. When nobody comes to his defense on the Red Sox. You know why? Because they know he's going to get hit too. It's baseball. Get a helmet. It's the way it works. Strap it on. Just because, just because his teammates didn't come to his defense. And look, Alderson said it yesterday. I'm not going to pretend he's, not the most popu- he's the most popular guy in the clubhouse. He's not. That would be dis- He said that would be disingenuous. And they've been saying that for a while, too. This is nothing new. Exactly. But there's a reason he's not the most popular
3: guy in the room. And this was one of them. This was an example of it. That's an important part of this, that this, they've been saying this for a long time. It means that he hasn't gotten it in all of this time that they've been saying it. Yeah, it's not two years. <laughs> right. You know, you, you, can for, you can forgive it if it's his first go around. Like, he just got called up to the majors. Doesn't really know how it works. He's a, sell. He's a real really confident kid. And the veterans have to kind of pull him off to the side, teach him a little bit of a lesson, have a talk with him. It's fine. And, and, and then maybe he keeps doing it a little bit more. And you can kind of forgive that. But now two years later, and he's still pulling nonsense, these shenanigans that he's it's just, – it's just, it's just complete and utter nonsense that he's pulling.
2: It's just selfish. It's just unbelievably selfish and immature. And that's the ball player that he is. And, and it's he's not ed- and it's not racial and it's not ethnic, it's not any of that crap. No. It's
3: just the ball player he is. You know what? Last time I checked, Greg Jeffries was not Hispanic. No. Nope. And Jordani Valdespine doesn't have half the talent that Greg Jeffries had. Exactly. You know, that's the other that's the other part of this, is that you are Jordani Valdespin. Let's let's not lose sight of that. Yeah,
2: let's try to make our way in the league first. You know what I mean? I just I, I'm I'm sorry. This this can't be the reason Terry Collins gets fired. Sorry.
3: I don't think it will be, but I do I do think that now this becomes a bit of a referendum on Sandy Alderson. Yep. He's got a problem here. What's he gonna do about it? Meanwhile he, he was right. Meanwhile. Terry Collins was right. Yeah yeah no, I know, but my point is now Sandy Alderson has a problem in Valdespin
0: mm-hmm. that
3: is that is causing a lot of issues for the team that's in a bad way as it is already. They don't need this. That's number one no, they don't number two, he's been talked to he's been he's been taught he's been pulled aside, he's been mentored, whatever you want to call it. And he still doesn't get it. Wright's pulled
2: him aside. They said Wright's pulled him aside, what, twice this year already? Yep. What 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 more do you want his
3: team to do? Number three, he's a part time ball player on a bad team. It's not even like, well, we gotta be careful because he's our starting center fielder. Not Manny. He's a part time ball player <laughs> on a fourteen and twenty two team. He pinch hits. He's not even the best pinch hitter on the team. <laughs> <laughs> What's Sandy Alderson going to do about this? Well, that's, that's going to be the thing to watch. Let's I don't know. What do,
2: you, what do you think he does?
3: I think he's got to get rid of him. I think he's got to trade him or he's got to send him down to the minors. I, uh, preferably, you can't send him down. I think you got to trade him. I think you got to get him out of the organization.
2: Yeah, I, I would agree.
3: I think his poison is not worth what he brings to the table anymore.
2: You know, one of the key elements of this team over the last two years during their overachieving periods was how likable they were. They were a really likable team. Yep. And this team is utterly unlikable.
3: And it's and the They're the, unwatchable and they're unlikable. Well the ironic part about that is that the players that we thought were likable have now become unlikable. In some cases
2: well yeah, but i I mean I think well like
3: like a guy like Ike Davis,
2: right, but I think there's we we didn't like Ike Davis's attitude last year, no when you were struggling with this it just last year they were an overachieving team that you really rooted for now you see Jordani valvis being hit a and I'm, I'm not saying he's the only problem, but they don't seem to like each other.
3: Well, I think I think they like each other just fine. I think they all just don't like him.
2: Well, then you got to get him out of there. Because last year that was the one of the things, that was one of the things that you rooted for. You could tell those guys liked each other. They were pulling for each other. I mean, the Santana no hitter was was magnificent.
3: Yeah, you know, I I hate to even talk about this, but is the fact that Santana's not in that room could anymore? Do you think that has an effect on this?
2: It could be. It, it could be.
3: It could be I, I mean, you, you can you can you can trace this all back now look, it's not because he pitched the no hitter, he didn't get hurt because he pitched the no hitter no, we know this well well, we know this, <laughs> <laughs> but the fact that he was gone shortly after that and gone meaning not in the room, not right. around the team, right. I just I just wonder you know you go back to 2005 and 2006 when Pedro Martinez was around this team Yeah. We're a different team.
0: Yeah.
3: You know there are sometimes there are larger than life personalities that when you put them in the room like David David Wright by all accounts is is a class act 100% professional does things all the right way but I, I think it's safe to say he's not a larger-than-life personality. No, nice. I mean, is you
2: know, the guy they used to talk about all the time in that room was Delgado. Right. You know, when Reich first came up, you know, guys like Delgado – because Beltran was a quiet guy and a little strange as we've come to find out – Um and, Del- and Delgado was the guy in that locker room. And then you had Delgado and Santana in that locker room. Forget about it. Well, you had, Del- you
3: had Delgado and Pedro in the beginning. And Pedro
2: and then- in the be- beginning. And then, right. And then you added Santana to that. And these were larger-than-life guys who commanded respect in the locker room.
3: Right. The guys right now are Wright and Murphy.
2: And Murphy. Yep.
3: And Ike Davis a little bit. Well, and- I don't
2: know how much, the- but those guys don't command respect. I mean, have- I-, I-, I look,
3: I I love Wright
2: as a captain, but he's just not that guy. No. And and that doesn't mean he can't be the captain of the team.
3: No, no, it's we not isn't not an indictment on David Wright. I mean, Jeter's not that. Jeter's not a larger than life personality.
2: There's an aura about him now. But when he was the captain ten years ago, he wasn't a larger. Than, the guys in that locker room at that time were Rivera. And you know that that it commanded respect.
3: I just wonder if not having Santana around. No, it's a fair point is is just you know it's a negative
2: it is i i just don't know i just don't know what you do to fix this team i don't I, and I, and i'm not talking about fix it to to be competitive just be or or fix it to be competitive like I, look i didn't think they were going to be a pennant winning team but again the huge difference between this and the last two years is they overachieved so much the first 3 months that they gave you so much to watch in april may and june and you really, and then the no-hitter on June 1st, and you really believed that they could do so. Ari Dickey had the tremendous year. Now, they're, it's May 14th, and they're unwatchable and unlikable, except every fifth day. It's bad. I don't know. I just don't know what you do. That's why I think you've got to let Collins go too, Cal. You've got to do something. You have to do something. And you can't make a trade. You have nobody to bring up. You got who gots. There's nothing you can do except fire the manager and the pitching coach. And the hitting coach. And the staff.
3: <laughs> but, what's, but what is what is that going to do right now on May 14th? It's
2: going to make people feel a heck of a lot better about what's going on with the team. It is. It's not going to save the season, but it's. I, I think it's time for a new voice in there, my friend. I think well, it's because I think it's all you can do. You can't make a trade, you can't bring anybody up, you can't you know, this all you can do.
3: Well you could you could you could shuffle players in and out, which is what they've been trying to do.
2: And that's I think you'll see two more weeks of that. And it, and if they
3: continue in this regard and they're something
2: like you know, eighteen and forty. What? You know, or eight or no or they're or, gonna go
3: four and eighteen?
2: They just did.
3: Not four and eighteen, they went six and eighteen, yeah.
2: Yeah. So let's say they go another 6 and 18 and that puts them at 20 and 40. You 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 have to. Have to. Yeah. You know. So that's another fun 24 days. All right. I think we uh I think we're good on the math. <laughs> uh I think we're good. What do you think? Sure. All right. <laughs> No, honestly, anything in closing? All I want to say is... That was is, like you just hit the emergency brake on, just, on this whole conversation. I just jammed on it.
3: No, it's,
2: it's 10 after 11. I want to end on a on a fun note. What's that? I don't know. I want to bring PJ back in here and see what he's got.
3: Okay, good. I thought you, I thought maybe you wanted to talk about the Islanders, but we're not going to talk about them. Do you want to talk about the Islanders? No, because you're not going to like what I have to say about them.
2: You can say no. Say whatever you like. No, we'll, we'll we'll save them. You have five. Look, they just lost in the playoffs. Everything's very fresh. You have five solid minutes. I'm going to
3: yeah. I'm going to talk for five minutes. No, let's move on. Let's move on. It was a disappointing end to a great season.
2: But don't you think it was
3: valuable? I think it was very valuable. I'm just. It's still too fresh for me to take lessons away from it.
2: I'm Do still. You, I'm
3: still disappointed.
2: So you're – and you're scared that it is going to be what Garth says.
3: I have no – I have – look, as a Mets fan, as a Jet fan, as an Islander fan, (laughs) I have nothing to go on but what I've seen in recent history. Right. So I can't – and what people are saying. Garth Snow came out and said we're looking to rebuild from within.
2: To continue to rebuild. To continue
3: continue to rebuild from, from within, which is fine except for the fact that now that they've got to this part and you want to talk about a core the Islanders have a core and they have a really solid core of guys that they could just add to with ancillary pieces from the outside and be a really dynamite team next year they could take this experience and they could take it to the next level you know and that's what I, and I told you this is what I wanted to hear him say the other. I didn't want to hear him say, we're going to continue to rebuild from within. I wanted to hear him say, we had a great experience this year. We're disappointed in the way the season ended. And we're going to do everything in our power to do even better next year. We owe that to the fans. We owe that to ourselves. Did he not
2: say something like
3: that? Or? No. He said, we're going to rebuild from within. We're going to continue to stay the course. And we've got great players coming up. We're going to rebuild from within. Didn't give you any indication that they were going to spend any money to bring a top level player in to complement what could be the MVP of the team of this, of the league.
2: I think we need to see how that shakes out. Okay, I think what he says three days after the season ends, I I I I want to see it shake out, and I'll tell you why, Brian. I'll tell you the only reason I'm remotely optimistic. One, they don't need to bring in that much from outside. They don't. And two, they have pieces to trade from within, which to me is to continue to rebuild from within.
3: I I, I don't think that that's what he was talking about at all. But most importantly is,
2: I think Garth Snow is going to get to this offseason for the first time in his tenure as GM of the Islanders in a very different scenario than he's ever been in. And that is, with little money to spend... With a little wiggle room, and also with the opportunity to sell the team on uh, two free agents, because hey, Bry, even with this slow rebuild from within, they went after Christian Ehrhoff. Uh, Erhoff, they offered him more money than the Sabers did, and they couldn't get him. I mean, you could they, they offered they, they went after guys. They have made legitimate plays for guys who wouldn't play here. Now he's going to have the opportunity to sell the team, I, and I don't mean sell the team overall. I mean sell the team to these players, knowing full well where they're going to be. It's an entirely different offseason for him. He's never had it. I don't think he even realizes what it's going to mean to be able to call up a free agent and 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 not have them laugh at him and hang up the phone. Well, so I think I, I think him saying that right now is very Garth. Okay. So that's why I'm optimistic. I'm not saying it's going to happen, but I'm optimistic.
3: Fair enough. Let's have some fun now. There he is. Hi, handsome.
1: It's the very antithesis of what an is.
2: <laughs> of fun. Do you want to have some fun? Do you really want to have some fun?
3: I was just, I was just saying. I was that, fun. was that, was that a Richard Kind impression?
2: <laughs> Speaking of crossovers and guest stars,
3: yeah, he's all over the place.
2: Was there a show that guy wasn't on? Very good on Curb Your Enthusiasm, by the way. Yes. Is he a poor man's Fred Willard?
1: He could be. No, you know? I, I, I think he's just a. Uh... A different model, Fred Willard. <laughs> right, right.
2: <laughs> he's, that's right. He's a, that's a good that's a good call. He's like a different. Yeah. Uh, you right. could have
1: a Corolla. You can have a Sentra. He's,
2: he's a you different
3: Fred You could have a kind. Yeah, he's yeah. a different
2: brand of Chevy. That's right. <laughs> what do you What do you got for us, Peach? In the fun load.
1: If something happened around around. Oh, oh, there it is, baby. Time for the fun, Lord, baby. What,
2: what, what bass did you use when you were recording this? It sounds like, like John Entwistle's bass. Did you have John Entwistle come in and play?
1: Just his bass, I think. I... He's dead. No, I I used a oh uh, synthesizer bass called Round Wound.
2: <laughs> well, it's, well, it is round.
1: That is so bass.
2: The bass kicks in on that, and I'm looking around for freaking... Billy Sheehan,
3: <laughs> Sting. I'm looking for Sting. That's right.
1: I gotta say, you know, it's it's not the best vocal performance, but that that thing sounds really good through a uh, good set of speakers.
2: Look, it's got a lot of character. Okay. It's oh it's it's no silent enigma, but it's and got a, a lot of character.
1: And an awful lot of
3: voices.
2: And an awful lot, an awful
1: lot of voices.
2: What do you got for us, Lanny Kazan? What do you got for us?
1: I was looking at the uh, at the children, and oh, there's the cat. She's <laughs> here for every fun load. Uh, <laughs>
3: Is that like the Mary Tyler Moore cat?
1: Well, actually, she looks exactly like the Mary Tyler Moore cat. Right. When the MTM symbol comes up, and you see the little kitty.
3: That's exactly what I'm envisioning.
1: Yeah, that's my cat.
3: Hey, PJ, did you know that there's a player on the Nationals named Tyler Moore?
1: We need more Tyler Moore.
3: Mary Tyler Moore.
1: Okay, so um, um, it it, it (laughs) disappointed me. It disappointed me, but I couldn't be too disappointed. Um, I waited a long time to sort of pick my moment and try to get my son into Star Wars. Oh. Right? And I think as as an expedition, as an experiment, it it failed. He's not Okay. He doesn't love Star Wars. I mean he kinda likes to watch phone times and he likes Lego Star Wars, the video game. But it kinda fell flat.
2: Uh this is um, an interesting fun load
1: and but and now one of the things that's been wildly successful is Lord of the Rings. Right. Absolutely absolutely loves Lord of the Rings. So I was wondering, you all have children, has there been some stuff that that you really thought or that it was really important to you to sort of give to them to pass wow. along to them? And it just went nowhere. Or are you preparing some stuff? You got some stuff on hold that you're waiting for. This, and is, and a, this is a this is
2: it's a deep cut.
1: It's a deep cut. And you haven't unleashed it yet. And 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 so you you know what it means to you. Like I have a friend in New Hampshire who uh waited Sure
2: you do. Sure you do. Portland New Hampshire. <laughs>
1: Portland, New Hampshire. <laughs> and his name his his name is is Laptop and and table. His name is Laptop Table. No. He's a real guy. Um, what the hell is, is going on here? <laughs> you know, you can't think of someone's name. They so just start naming things in the room.
2: Um, yeah, no, I know a guy. That for sure, his name is Cal. Cal, <laughs> Cal, Cal, <laughs> Cal Face. Cal Face Jenkins. <laughs> He's
0: a good Cal guy.
1: He's
2: <laughs>
0: and
1: he was He was waiting I mean I think he's been waiting since I Met him in junior high school To introduce his kid to the Beatles Right And it, I mean it really means a lot His No it's just in the Beatles I mean absolutely Absolutely not
2: This is a great so, yeah, This is great Let me tell you why I have two things here, and I'm going to tie it into sports almost immediately. Please. Uh, um,
3: You mean on the sports show?
2: Right. So we have a friend who has a... uh, His boy is now four, uh, who's like a baseball prodigy. Like, this kid is just... He's unbelievable. He's been hitting pitching since he's like two, and just... He loves playing, and the other day he tells me... He's like, I'm not... He's like Steve. I'm not even making this up. We're in the backyard. I'm flipping him the ball. He's hitting it. He switches around, just stops, switches around to the left side, and starts hitting the ball lefty. Right. So now I, uh, my, my boy is is a certain age. This is hugely. There are two things that need to be passed on for me. The three things, but two are sports. One is the rooting interest like all the rooting interests have to be passed on and it's never too early to introduce like never too early to introduce them to let's go Mets or J-E-T-S Jets like never to like I've already got the two and a half year old on that path mm. that he's great with he will not pick up a bat he will not pick up a ball he will not swing a bat nothing <laughs> I mean nothing and i I'm like reading online like how to have a catch with your two and a half year old like i'm i'm a i'm panicked
1: mm-hmm.
2: largely because I feel like I'm doing something wrong
1: mm-hmm.
2: which is how you probably felt with the star wars yeah and uh, and I, the, and I, I, the third thing the third thing by the way is star wars and yeah. pretty, i already i got him started on that literally about three weeks ago I got him a land speeder with Luke. And he's into anyway. it. Why is it that all no. children love Boba Fett immediately? By the way, the college no.
1: game,
2: I think. I don't. Maybe it's. The, I see for Wesley. I think it's the jetpack. Guys on jetpack. Like well, you jet pack, you sure. can't beat that. I gave you him. I, I, I gave him a Luke Skywalker, a land speeder, a Han Solo, really cool, like old Han Solo.
1: He yeah, let me let me warn can I you.
2: Give, I me give me him Boba you, Fett. He can, he he's sleeping with Boba Fett. Won't put Boba Fett down. Jetpack, daddy. That's yeah. jetpack.
1: They they would they they attach to things in those preschool type years. They will attach to things, and you think you got them.
2: <laughs> you think you got it locked in, right?
1: Yeah, but then then they age a little bit, and they start to discern. And I thought my kid was becoming a Yankees fan, and then he turned around and went Mets.
2: I know I like that kid.
1: And well, I don't. But it was just one of those things where I said you know, maybe go, oh, well, uh, wow, he he took it upon himself to take what I gave him and just went, no, no, <laughs> I, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this over here.
2: I took, so I took West to. We went to the Met game on Sunday. And this was speaking of this, like what you're trying to give on and when is it too early. This was the fourth Met game we brought him to, but you know, the other ones were last year. Um or and then we went we took him to one when he was brand new. But um and still had that new baby smell. But um so yesterday or Sunday was like the first time I took him like he could really sort of pay attention and see what's going on or whatever and run around and was you know and uh, got to go down pretty low, like like 20 rows behind the dugout on the third base side. And he was into it, had his own seat, doing let's go Mets. You know, getting attention from the row is like, oh, he's so cute. And he digs that. So like, he, But he, he gets like all sh- sh- sort of shy, but he likes attention, shockingly, mm-hmm. my son. And he fell in love with the concept of the apple that comes out when a Met hits a home run. Because we were watching the warm-ups, and the apple's up the whole time. And then it went in, and he was like, no, you know, I want the apple back. And I said, well, buddy, the Mets have to hit a home run. If the Mets hit a home run, first base, second base, third base, home run, the apple comes back up. And Lucas Duda comes up there, and I said, I said, I think we're going to see the apple right now, buddy.
1: And <laughs> watch, the,
2: watch the hitter. And Lucas Duda <laughs> finally did something right for me in his life. And obliged, hit a rocket out to center field, in a home run, and he went, "Apple!" screaming, "Apple!" And everybody, of course, stood up. So he knew it was a home run. And he, he so it was, it was. I, I took a big step there. So the fact that every time I take out his little baseball bat and tee and stuff, and he runs screaming and says no, I felt a little better. Cal, what do you, yeah. what do you got there with the girls? There's, I mean, nothing. There's.
1: He left it
3: all to his mother. They got nothing. They 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 do not have similar interests as me. They're two girls. What about music, though? Like, have you passed on music? No. No. Because if it's not Demi (laughs) Lovato singing the song, they don't want to hear it. They don't want to hear it. I've tried... This can't be exclusively
2: a boy thing. It
3: can't be. Uh, I have tried to pass on as much of the sports as I I can. It's a complete futile battle with my youngest daughter who just, all she wants to do is dance. Don Henley style.
1: (laughs) I wasn't going to say anything.
3: It's all she wants to do. As a matter of fact, I think She's got a soundtrack playing in her head when she just walks around life.
0: Yeah,
3: just not—I mean—oblivious to the world. This kid and, and dancing,
2: like no no music no, on or whatever. No. She's dancing in the kitchen. Yeah. She's
1: literally dancing and, yep. and stomping. So are and, you saying? Are you saying you don't even try, or that you've tried and now you've given up because what what you're? I
3: don't. I don't even try with her. Hmm. She's just, you know, she's just cut from a different cloth. She's on her own little planet, and that's fine. That works for her, and I'm okay with that. But I got the other one, the oldest one, and, I, and I've and i kind of got my claws into her a little bit with the Mets, where she will, if, well, how it started was she would like to stay and watch the game with me as a means of avoiding having to go to bed. Hmm. She didn't have an interest in what was going on. She was just—it was a game she was playing, so that she didn't she didn't want to go to bed. But but little by little, I've gotten her involved in it, and she's a little more sports minded than the other one. So she gets into it, you know. She's got a Met shirt, and she draws net pictures, and all has, right.
2: So what are you she talking loves, about?
3: You're loves, passing it on. Loves David Wright. There she you ma- go. Make sure oh here here's what I passed on to her. I've taught her the importance of having a number associated with your name. <laughs> <laughs> and this kid, no matter what she does, she's got the number five associated with her name. She's you know, she goes online and she makes sure that her username has a five in it. That's great you know she's writing the number 5 all over the place she wears number 5 in soccer and so i've taught her that and that's and,
2: fantastic
3: and that as, as you well know is a very important part of us absolutely right i mean from when we were kids the number was you know you, you you have your name and you have your number always doesn't matter if you didn't you weren't playing a sport you still had a number
2: we we have friends that still sign their name with i I'm look I'm, I think I'm looking at one. I mean, I only stopped putting my number with my name about
3: 3 years ago. I told you I still mm. have I still have the shirt from my bachelor party. That's right. Everybody signed it with their numbers on it. That's right. And I and I don't remember much, but I do remember the lovely ladies in that place wanting to know why there were numbers next to everybody's name. <laughs> yes.
2: I have my baseball from my bachelor party uh from the Cyclones game. Mhm. Every everybody's got
3: a number. The number is important.
2: Yeah, we're going to lose the live feed in about a minute. So before we do that, and we're we're going to continue this conversation for another minute if that's cool. But um, we're going to lose the live feed before we do. Go to www.rtusports.com or uh, check us out on iTunes. Please download the podcast, subscribe, and also Blue Haven, sponsor of this episode and all of our episodes. www.bluehavennyc.com. Uh, check them out. Uh, it's a great place to go and also we'll be back next week I think on Tuesday again boys so probably next Tuesday uh, we'll, we'll be back again uh, for Cal and PJ thanks for listening to the live stream and um, yeah, we'll we will see you next week please uh, oh and uh, we have people working on an app So that's going to be pretty cool app we'll have the live show and a direct link to iTunes people working on an app Imagine I got apps. Nice. See you next week, live, folks. Okay. So yeah, my my bachelor party baseball. Mm-hmm. Th- there's numbers all over it,
3: all over it. Thirty-five year old guys
2: sign mm-hmm. their number.
3: Right. Because because the thrill of being able to sign a baseball with your number. <laughs> That's it.
2: I've had the same email address for twenty. Let's see. What are we at? Almost twenty years. But the same AOL address, Sam Pete four. Mm. That you know what that four is? That was my number of freshman year of baseball. Oh, that was my number when I played right. baseball at Dayton. My freshman year, I was number Aww. four. They gave me a choice, Cal. I'll never forget it, because I was I was you know a freshman and a you know not a heavily recruited guy, or lightly recruited at best. Um, but I was on the team, and I made the squad or whatever, even though I was invited to play there. I had a choice between 53, 71, or 4.
3: So I was like, what are you kidding? It could be 4. Not, not much of a choice. Yeah. 53? 71? How am I going to sign 71
2: next to my name? What am I playing, offensive
3: tackle? Uh, that worked out well then. I took 4, yes. So that's really the only thing I've been able to pass along to my kids, and I don't, I don't foresee being able to pass much more. It's not like I'm waiting till they're of a certain age before I can introduce them to the Jim Blossoms. But
1: <laughs> now, hold on, hold on. I got a couple of things listed here. <laughs> what do you got? Okay. Did Did you try a favorite you... cartoon? Oh! Oh! <laughs> Wow.
3: I knew knew we kept him around for some reason. He's
1: good. He's very good. He's good. good. He's very
3: good. These kids love, 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 love Tom and Jerry.
1: Love it. I got Tom and and Jerry's here, too. And I went crazy. I was so happy. Yep. Because I I, I introduced it in small steps. I picked only the finest Tom and Jerry's at first. And I was like, "You you got to watch yourself some Tom and Jerry." And then he picked it up, and we ran with it. That's amazing! I'm so happy. My kids picked so up happy. on it
3: on their own. They just happened upon it, and they like oh, it that's
1: even better. That's amazing. Yeah. Then you feel like genetics plays a role. <laughs> Look at this; they're naturally drawn to it.
3: I'd like to think that. What else you got? Right. Now this is. I'm intrigued now. What else?
1: Board game. What's the most important board game for you to pass on to them?
3: Two for two, this guy. Wow, my God! They love shoots and ladders.
1: (laughs) Stop it now.
3: They do, except it's the Dora the Explorer shoots and ladders. But it's still the concept of the game is the same.
1: They love it. And that was important. That was important to you. Yeah,
3: I I love that game when I was growing up. Are you you surprised?
1: I'm a little shocked.
3: I love Chutes and Ladders. was great.
1: Chutes and Ladders was awesome. What your you promise you? you? I paid you more for Candyland. That's all.
3: Played a lot of Candyland. I didn't play a lot of Candyland growing up. No? no.
2: All right, easy. You,
1: you, say that,
2: you say that as if it infers something. I don't like your tone at all. <laughs> I
3: played the game of life a lot.
2: Played a lot of life. Did you play Sorry?
3: Oh, Sorry. It was huge.
2: How about the parcheesi? No, oh my God, parcheesi! Played a lot of parcheesi. My grandmother, my grandma Irene, a lot yeah. of parcheesi. And and McWalters, he was he was always the third the third party in the parcheesi. I didn't have sorry though. To, Kevin had sorry. If a Star, you go to Toys R
1: Us Star. right now, there's there's still 150 board games out there.
3: Yeah.
1: But my kids gravitate towards Monopoly, and mm-hmm. uh, the Game of Life. They love those two games.
2: Game of Life. Now, can you still? Can you? Is the Game of Life changed? Are you still getting married. You're putting the things in the little pegs in the car.
1: It looks oh, pretty much the same. They have
2: same-sex marriage they, now.
1: They had. They have modernized the game board. The illustrations.
3: You start your own, own dot basic. com.
1: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, exactly. They they they've changed some of the jobs you can get, but you still have the go to college track or the just go out and get a job track.
2: All right. Are are or women stay at home <laughs> Right. Are women still facing the glass ceiling there or have they have they lifted that off the game of life? <laughs> no, no, I'm sorry, sweetheart. You're a secretary.
1: <laughs> That's
2: it. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's it. That's it. That, that game you... was unbelievably sexist.
1: <laughs> unbelievably <laughs>
2: You can't be a that president.
1: Is, you can't, that is not in there.
2: You can't be a CEO of a company. How? Who's, who's <laughs> gonna stay home with these three pegs in the back of my car?
0: No, no, I'm sorry. Oh yeah, board games. You were looking for so
1: it. So it seems like the only the only thing you you really didn't didn't uh, get them into anything with was was pop music. I think I think they're doing okay, Cal. Yeah,
3: I, and the music, I, I have no shot. I mean the music that they listen to right now that's they they are completely obsessed with. PJ have you have you held on to Floyd
2: with Danny?
1: I've tried Floyd and Beatles. He has latched on to Beatles and he's indifferent to Floyd. All
2: right. Did that break your well, heart or or I mean would you well, rather yeah. that the other way around?
1: When it well no when it doesn't stick, you know. You sometimes you're just like, "Well, huh, darn it." All right. Let's move on. He's done nothing else you
2: could do. I think the music question is interesting to me because I'm all over the place with Wes. I'm showing him all sorts of stuff, uh, but again, we go back to that, that that friend who has the baseball prodigy. Went Beatles, went Beatles, super early with him as well. And this kid loves the Beatles, loves, 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 loves the Beatles. Doing the rock band with the Beatles, the whole thing, and that was that was this particular guy that was hugely important to him because the Beatles are his favorite band. Right. So so getting that, I, you know, how much Elliot Smith can you make a two and a half year old listen to? You know, I mean, it's, 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 you know, we, we we started listening to a little Pearl jam and stuff. It's tough. It's not an easy gig. Yeah. So I'm holding star Wars though in full, the movie. I will show him episode four, a new hope. On his
1: third birthday.
3: Well, but will he be old enough
2: his to understand? His third
1: birthday. Okay. You're planning the same well. sort of ceremony that I was planning.
3: You know why his third birthday?
2: Do you guys even care?
3: I'd love to know why. Because you were three when you That's first saw.
2: That's right. Correct the mundo, Cal. Yes, I was three. No, I was three when I first saw it. Were we?
3: Well, yeah. Yeah, we were three. Yeah, they came in. Yeah,
2: 77. It was playing at the drive-in that I grew up across the street from, that I could see from my upstairs window. So after we went to see it in the drive-in, then every night, not every night, but a lot of nights, my brother and I would go up and sit and watch it out the window without any sound and just watch the whole movie out the window. You you could see the whole screen.
3: That now is a Moe's Southwest Grill.
2: Yes, I, I saw that.
3: Well, I had the Come moment. I I
2: drove past. Pete, you'll love this because you love this movie. I drove past what was once the multiplex, Cal, uh, in Comac, where we grew up. And I haven't been. I hadn't been out Comac way in a while. And I was driving out to my baseball game. Yes, out, I know. Out in uh, exit sixty six. <laughs> Yeah, he dropped that one in there. Did you catch that? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. What? (laughs) Pointed. I got got to close my window. It got chilly in here.
2: (laughs) So I was driving out there, and I I didn't realize... that I knew the multiplex was closing. I didn't realize it had closed. So my wife and I have a joke. Anytime we've ever driven out uh, past Comac or to Comac... um, I always tell her that multiplex, that's where I had my first date. You know, Ferris Bueller's Day Off, 7th grade, double date, Mike Pernicone, Janet Faith, Lisa Sider. Uh, as a, so, you know, my, my wife knows this well. She is like, yeah, I know, got it, your first date, whatever. You got a kiss, great. So I was driving past it a couple of weeks ago, driving out to my ballgame. <laughs> There's a shop right there now. So they turn the multiplex into a shop right.
3: That's not true. What is it? That the shop right is next to where the multiplex was. Well, it's the same No. Lo-
2: what's where the shop what's where the multiplex is?
3: It's just it's an abandoned multiplex. Right. So the multiplex is not there
2: and there's a shop right next to it.
3: Right. Well the multiplex is still technically there, it's just abandoned.
2: Right. My point was It I- will be
3: a Lowe's home improvement center. In case you're oh, okay. wondering, great. So I texted my
2: wife. You know that place that uh, you know? Oh, I'm driving past the multiplex, the, the site of my first date. She's like, Yeah, yeah, I know the site of your first date. And I said, Yeah, it's gone now. It's a it's a it's a shop Because you know what they say, you can't go home again, but you can shop there. What movie is that from, Peach? Come on.
1: Is that gross? Point blank. It is gross. Yeah. Point blank. Yes.
2: Exactly. I just I, I, when he Grandma's calls up. His, he calls up his therapist. What, <laughs> what what's that old saying? You can't go home again, but you can shop there. So anyway, uh, yeah, you can. I know that was a long way to go to get there, but uh, you can shop there now.
1: Well, let me. I, I have a theory that the reason why I think my kid walked away from Star Wars is because I.
0: Did he see the prequels? The, <laughs> I let him watch yeah, I
1: let him watch too much of it. And he, he watched the prequels and he watches Clone Wars and they're weak and 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 they're disjointed and they don't make any sense. And he he lost interest.
2: See I have the advantage I think I'll have the advantage of being able to just show the first three, the original recipe and then the new ones. You know, like we can pretend the prequels never even happened, which is what I do anyway. So
1: I don't yeah, think he'll ever even get might the be prequels. Sound advice, like don't yeah. don't even expose your kids to those movies because they're nothing just not good.
2: Move, nothing movie wise, Cal, with the girls.
3: We tried um... E. T.
1: John Hughes movies.
2: The no,
3: uh,
2: they're too young for that.
3: Yeah, no. um... We tried The Wizard of Oz. All right. Did not go over well at all. Oh no! This is fake. (laughs) This is fake. (laughs) This looks fake.
1: This is fake. (laughs) Oh my god!
3: Not good. This was on Easter, Easter Sunday. We all sat down. We were as a family watching The Wizard of Oz. Isn't (laughs) this great? Isn't this great? My daughter had just read the book. Right. By happenstance, she had just read The Wizard of Oz, so she knew the story. And she was looking at it, she's like, this is fake. Just like, like, you're insulting me with this.
1: I don't even know what that means, in a way. You know? What, is it like the black and white part, or what? No, um,
3: well, when the house fell on the... Spoiler alert, sorry. (laughs) I forgot to say that.
2: (laughs) It's been 90 years.
3: And then I got the other one who's sitting there... Just you know she's not even paying attention to it she was looking for Princess Protection program or whatever that movie was. <laughs> <Princess> she <laughs> wants to see that mhm mhm that's, all, it's that's all that's all they care about. they just you know they've been they have completely been disnified.
1: You wow. are not kidding with the demi Lovato wow, right she's bad, I think. I
2: think it's I think it's really interesting to see what and especially from a sports angle. I mean, it really is from a sports angle. We've talked about you know the idea of uh, the you know I'll put Met stuff on Wesley or whatever, and people will be like, oh, that's child abuse and stuff like that. Like, that's not funny, <laughs> a and b. You know, these things are super important to us. I mean, Pink Floyd means a lot to you, Peach. It means a ton to you. Mhm. You know, so you want your kids, you want your kids to be into it. You want your kids to, yeah. and when it comes to well,
1: sports, like and I'm going. By the way, I'm going to hold back and reload on that one. Like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm pulling things for oh, yeah, the rotation no. with him for a couple of years, and uh, you know we're gonna try again in fourth grade and see what I'll happens.
2: Give, I'll give you guys this is a great story that goes with this. So Scott, the Islander fan, also known as my brother, um, you know never really pushed. The teams on my nephew, you know, super hard, and he's eleven and a half. He's going to be twelve soon, or whatever. Never really pushed hard. Let him sort of get into it on his own. He's into sports and he's into the teams, but he's not super into them. But he likes it. You know, he just started really getting into the Jets now. Like he's into it, and he's a Yankee fan, unfortunately. Um, But with the Islanders, he was really starting to get into it, and then Scott got to take him to. Uh, Scott got to take him to Game Six and got tickets for game six, and my nephew, when Scott told him, went nuts, was so excited like this was this huge bond like all and Scott I thought you know Scott was going to cry like it 's the culmination of I did just enough, and he 's into it on his own too, and we 've gotten to this point, and now i 'm going to a playoff game with my son. The team I love the most, like, he's, that's his favorite team. The Islanders are far and away his favorite team. Out of all the teams he roots for, far and away his favorite team. And I'm going to be at a playoff game with my son, and he got into it organically.
1: That's a big payoff. Yeah, that's huge.
2: huge. That's huge. Like, that's that's the hope.
3: Like, we took, yeah, we took the girls to a game last year. This was, it was the first time, you know, we had taken them to minor league games and, you know, you know stuff that really didn't matter but the Mets which i grew up was my it's been my whole life for my whole life i finally went to a game with my whole family all dressed in Mets gear and bringing them there and it was and it was like it was that was to me that was great like okay i finally got them to have an interest in going you know, yeah, it's huge, and, and it was you know sure they only wanted cotton candy and and they wanted to walk around the park and they wanted to you know go into the you know the souvenir shop and they didn't really have any interest in the game, but you know my my oldest daughter kept score for two innings, that's and nice. I got to, and I got to sit there with her, hmm. filling out the the lineup in the scorebook because she got a kick out of looking up on the scoreboard and writing it down in the book, right, you know and and huge. that's. You're right. That's I don't have much, and it's hard as a as a man
1: to have I don't that have kind much. of
3: you know. To,
1: <laughs> I don't have much over
3: here. To have that bond with daughters.
2: Well, Peach. I mean, we haven't said Lily's name at all.
1: The
3: big,
2: you know, like the, like, like what is big Lily again?
1: Big yeah, the big <laughs> home run with Lily was Broadway. We right. we waited we waited for the right show at the right time, and. Uh, then took her to uh, Mary Check Poppins. Yes, <laughs> with real blood. He took it to, to Mary Poppins, and it was literally uh, the happiest I have ever seen her.
0: That's I've funny. never
1: I I have never seen her. She leapt from her seat and started spontaneously applauding at one point during the show. How old was she at this point? Two and a half. No, she <laughs> uh, uh kindergarten or first grade somewhere in there. Oh, wow. And since then uh has a real interest in Broadway performances like when you know when at the Thanksgiving Day parade when she wants to see all the Broadway acts. You know, or or when the Tonys are on, we have to tape the Tonys and we play them back and we and we play all the numbers from from the Tonys and stuff. That was a big one. Especially for me, I'm a big, I'm a big theater
2: geek. That's a huge win right there. That's yeah. great. See, so it's all right. We got to wrap this up, boys. We're way over time. But uh, I, a great, great topic, Peach. It relates to, it it really does. It relates to sports, and it and but.
1: you They're know I, better than the segment with my Jody Arias jokes? <laughs> <laughs> that would have been gross.
2: That would have been nasty. I totally okay. agree. All right. PJ, Final Unload.
1: Final Unload is the, uh, the album of the week. Uh, Daft Punk has a new one called Random Access Memories, uh, featuring a bunch of older acts uh, in collaboration. So you get, like, uh, Paul Williams... And uh, Giorgio Moroder on there And I think there's a track even with Kool-Aid Mount So check it out (laughs) Cal, final unload Here in New York It's
3: May 14th And it hasn't felt like spring All year Enough with this cold weather and the rain Let's get going here, alright Warm up a little bit
1: Papa's getting cold (laughs) Wake up (laughs) (laughs) Would it kill you?
2: Uh, And my final final unload is, um, you know, I've been awfully critical of uh, the goaltender for the New York Rangers, uh, Henrik the King Lundqvist. Uh, I uh, have readily admitted he's a fantastic goalie, but I have said he is overly lauded for not having won a Stanley Cup and not having been a money goalie in the playoffs. And he shut me the hell right up with that. Back-to-back shutouts in elimination games for the Rangers to advance them to the second round against the Bruins. He still hasn't won a cup, and he still doesn't deserve a statue. But I sure do wish he was an Islander after the the Islanders' last series. And um, he is a fantastic goalie. I have to give credit where credit is due. Maybe this is the year that he gets hot and takes them to the cup. All right. We will see you for P.J., of course hello and of course my co-host Brian Calvi I'm Steve San Pietro we'll see you next week thanks